Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's March 10th, 2023, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 548. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Ricardo Contreras. Hello. Patrick Klepek. Hello. Renata Price. Howdy. Uh, so, Ren, uh, you've been playing, you know, in your notes here, you've been tackling Wolong Fallen Dynasty, which mm-hmm. I've seen described variously as, like, the dark souls of uh like chinese legend uh but i'm Uh, I'm curious like to what degree is it is that comparison like kind of facile it's it's one the comparison point would be sekiro uh not not dark souls um point a uh point b i feel like it's it's worth saying that like i i think at this point team ninja has earned it team ninja has earned like the respect of 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 being considered their own their own thing because like the kind of mechanical development and like experimentation um that they do with like what from for example like if from soft releases dark souls then you know uh team ninja a few years later releases neo um the kind of work they do there is so good that it feels almost dismissive to be like this is the blank of blank because they are just like firing on all cylinders in a way that I think like occasionally FromSoft even can't um with 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 their games but yeah well long fallen dynasty is a three kingdoms uh set uh sekiro style action game that is absolutely tremendous um it has some of the like some of the most clever developments on like a previously established like mechanical rhythm that I've ever seen uh, it's 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 extremely neat. Uh, so my problem with the Neo games was, hey, I the Souls games already have enough weapons for me to sort through, but they feel fairly distinct, right? Mm-hmm. And that there's quote unquote loot, and you can you can influence the loot drop in in Souls games, but it's all pretty manageable. Uh, Team Ninja, uh, Koei Tecmo. This isn't Team Ninja, right? This is Koei Tech. Like this is a different division, or is this Team Ninja? This is this is Team Ninja under Koei Tecmo. Okay. 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 Um. One of the big dis- distinct developments of the the Neo games and also Wolong is, hey, loot! You're gonna get drops. You're gonna get drops on everything. You're gonna have armor that has a billion different stats, and that part of it, I, I that put me off Neo almost immediately. Um, I just didn't want to deal with that layer of customizability and just like trash, like dealing with like I'm I'm spending a lot of time in menus cleaning up trash just to figure out uh what i want to do with my build even as much as i respected what was hey, happening how's destiny a, going kind of i spent an hour shooting a boss from underneath the stairs so like we can get to that <laughs> later um so i'm just I, I know that neo 2 made that easier specifically it made like cleaning up uh like essentially like the trash loot that you wouldn't want like easier to manage in the interface yeah. and i'm 
that makes me wonder how has that specific element, which is kind of a defining different differentiating part of how they handle the equipment layer of these yeah. games. How does that, how does that work? And we'll still here, still, still here. Like it, right. it, is, well. it is, the, it is the Neo <laughs> style. Uh, it's definitely it, more streamlined. Um, that, I mean, that's look, the loot is one thing, but part of my issue with Neo was that it was just difficult to manage, right? Like yeah. it was like literally just dealing with what you are getting at all times. What made, I just found it to be frustrating. And so I, the looping there is fine, but how, how exactly are you managing? How are you finding, how often are you dealing with, you know, swapping out X armor, whatever for X weapon thing as they are dropping in the world. Oh, I mean, like, I, I think that <sighs> gear is important in Neo, like certainly, uh, and is, is important in Wolong. long, but also like, I think that a part of these games strengths is the fact that like builds like capital B builds do not truly start to matter until you're in like high level play. Um, up until like, you know, you are like doing the like end game content. You can kind of just put whatever on and you'll probably, you'll probably be fine uh, because like the games are so mechanically tight that like, you're not going to get, you're not going to lose a gear check. You know, you're not going to lose a then fight. Then why have the, the loot? Because at the high, at, like high level play, there is a lot of build diversity. So, so like for, for 80 hours, I just have this stuff that I just put on a half. Pack. I'm just curious. Like what, like, are you truly just ignoring it? And it's like, yeah, I don't hey, really like I'm getting thousands of things in my, in my interface. I'm just ignoring it until, uh, uh, to the end game. I, I will say we are not dealing with thousands, right? Like I think that they have reduced the loot drop rate. That is that is the vibe that I'm getting. Also, everything is clearly marked with like one through five stars of rarity. And so you know what is trash, right? Like you gotcha. don't have to do the cognitive process of being like, do I really want that? No, you don't. You don't want it. That's garbage. Um, and like, I, I think that the loot aspects are some of the weaker parts of these games. Uh, but like in... I think that the loot aspects are really useful in highlighting the like systemic fiddliness of these games that I think even the souls games lack, right? Like these games are, are like the combat systems are like infinitely more complex than even something like Elden Ring, which is like probably the most complex combat system that, that from has done Neo on face value with like the most basic weapon is going to be more complex. And so is Wolong. Uh, and because of that, right. That means that two builds can have, wildly different play styles that like are built around wildly different stats uh and and trade-offs in a way that like you can do in dark souls but not as totally right like no i think there's a pretty narrow like i think probably to someone who's new to the series right like would say like ah there's a lot going on here but i think what you're getting at is actually like if you've played a t- you know like many of us have, you know, thousands of hours probably into these Souls games at this point. And then each, like, even though I've done that, then I play a Neo or a Wolong and I'm like, ah, holy shit. Like, this is a layer of complexity and density in terms of the, what you can do that for me, you know, in addition to the loot is just like a step too far. And weirdly, I look back at the Souls games like, ah, I kind of appreciate the sheer simplicity, which is a, which is a, a wild reduction <laughs> of what is occurring in those games. Yeah. But relative to one another, I think that is part of what those games are going for is like, hey, like, you know what? There's like room for like a sicko mode yeah. version of these games. And I think <laughs> this team is consistently because the kinds of people I see who like are playing it. Obviously, it has like this is the most popular one that this team has put out yet. Like the concurrence yeah. on Steam are the highest the studios had, despite the PC version being like having a lot of issues at launch. It shows that like that the broadening appeal of the genre can bring in a lot of people. But I do think there is like 
a layer of sicko mode that, are, that that is drawing in certain types of folks to to these games specifically. Yes, like the sicko mode is an important part. I mean, like part of Neo as like a con- as a combat system is that like there are three stances in Neo. Every weapon has three different move sets with so three different functions. <laughs> I couldn't. How important is that though? Oh, in like Neo, like it, the basics, the basic information is pretty consistent, right? Your low attacks are going to do, uh, are fast and generally do like an okay amount of stamina damage. Um, your medium attacks are your standard medium attacks, right? They are slower, a little bit, a little bit more like crowd controlly. Uh, and then your heavy, your high attacks are, um, like slow hit really hard and deal a lot of stamina damage for the most part, right? Each mm-hmm. weapon can be like a little bit different. So for example, the, uh, I forget the name of it. I think it might be, oh God, I can't remember the like actual term, but there's a, a glaive in Neo 2 that switches from a Bloodborne style saw cleaver uh, to a traditional like long glaive to a scythe. And each one of those like version, like transformations of oh, the weapon. Oh, that stands specific? Yes. Yes. Oh, so it's almost like a, you know, okay. So like the kind of like the way you're. Is the weapon transforming itself or is just the way you are wielding it? Okay. So like it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. Like it's, it's, it's actually really cool. They're, they're really cool weapons. Um, that's the other thing is that like if team ninja is good at one thing, it is putting some sick ass shit in their video games. Are you, are you kidding me? Um, but uh, you know, th- that is blocking the right way and like being in the right stance to counter your opponent's stance is an important part of playing Neo. Um, so like that does that does matter. Uh, in the case of um Wo Long, Wo Long is simpler than Neo in the same way that like simpler and more focused than Neo in the way that Sekiro is simpler and more focused than Dark Souls, but we're just beginning with a different base level of complexity and going down from there right and so for example uh like one of the weapons like there are no like really wacky weapons in here uh in terms of like weapon classes um you're not dealing with like a weird like like transforming scythe for example uh right now i'm using like two halberds um which are like hatchets like they're not like halberds like long halberds they're like little like hand size halberds uh like hatchets that are that are really cool but the actual like progression from Sekiro to Wo Long is, I think, extremely clever. Um, so, like in Sekiro, that is a game built around the parry, right? You are always trying to deflect and parry attacks at the perfect timing to break your opponent's stamina. You, you are, have to. Like, there is no, there, there is the game is not the game bends you towards the parry. Yes. Um, like it is, it is, it is not just uh, you know Dark Souls. A parry is optional. It is. It can be part of your style. It can be part of your approach. You can roll out of the way. You can, there are different ways if the if the parry window doesn't make sense to you. Or in Elden Ring, they make the parry a, an ability where it's weapon specific as opposed to mm-hmm. uh, you know a, a broad character uh, feature. Sekiro, you you have like you have to like that's you will not progress without fundamentally engaging with the the parry. But my understanding is Wu Long is not as uh, hardened in that in that ask of the player. It's close. It gives you more tools. Um, so, for example, uh, when you're doing stamina damage in Wolong, right, there are two ways to do stamina damage. Hitting an enemy with an attack or deflecting their attack. But spirit attacks use effectively 
damage your own stamina. So like you have your own like stance bar. And if that bar gets broken, you get like slowed down. You get like, like winded and then the enemy can hit you, right? If you sacrifice some of your own stamina bar, you can use what are called spirit attacks. And spirit attacks don't just deal damage to your opponent's stamina. They deal damage to their stamina and also reduce the maximum length of their stamina bar. And so what you're doing is the the idea is like you're trying to hit them and charging up the amount of like damage you're going to do to their spirit gauge by like doing a bunch of basic attacks. And so the basic attacks, even if they're being deflected by the enemy, are charging up a meter in the bottom right that determines how much stamina damage you're going to do once you finally hit them with that spirit attack. And so you can end up building um, in such a way where you're either building around doing really strong spirit attacks, but not getting that much from your deflections, or you could build around like getting deflections as like much as possible. And then instead of dealing like permanent spirit damage, you're just always trying to push them just that little bit further and further into the red to posture break them a different way, right? And so, like, these are distinct play styles that would, like, complement different weapons uh, uh, better or worse than one another. And it it gives you the kind of, like, percussive rhythm that Sekiro has, but there's a bunch of different rhythms that you can do. Instead of learning the one rhythm for the one boss, it is, like, what is the specific, like, tempo that I am going to build my fighting style around? Um Am I, am I, am I, am I getting excited on the ones or the three, like on the ones or the twos? Like it's, it's, it's really, really neat. I think. Um, Did you play the the demo that no. came out last year? The demo. So I played that and could not for the life of me figure out the Perry window. It was famously like the, 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 the most specific critique of, of that demo was, uh, even for folks who felt like, you know, I, I didn't beat Sekiro. I got over to the last boss and have famously said that I walked away. I said, I'm good. I don't need to do this. I have nothing to prove to this final boss. You know, like Sekiro gave my respect, but it didn't click with me the, the way other From stuff does. But, um, it's, you know, I made it all the way up to that point. And so, like, I fundamentally understand how the game works and sat down with Wolong Long and was just baffled at my inability to get the, the the timing windows correct. And my understanding is that the final game has been significantly tweaked. Yes. Uh, almost to a point where I've heard it, they swung a little too far in the other direction where the parry window is maybe a little a little too wide. What is your impression of like that specific element, how it feels? Because uh, I know you played, when you were playing um, Wild Hearts, uh, you know, the, um, the umbrella weapon uh, in that game, which heavily relies on a parry window. That was an instance in which, you know, you seem to find that they didn't have the timing on that in a way that felt satisfying or appropriately difficult. So I'm kind of curious where this one falls in that spectrum of things. Well, the the, the important thing to note about the Umbrella and Wild Hearts is that it was also held back by the game's technical issues uh, pretty, pretty extensively. Um, which is that, like, if you're going to have a parry weapon with a really tight parry window, your game has to be running buttery smooth. Which, I mean, given the state of this PC port, is occasionally also a problem for Wolong. But... I would say that the parry window in Wolong is like significantly bigger than uh, what is like there in Wild Hearts. I think it might be. I would agree that's probably like just just a just a just a tinge too big. Um, but I think it's better to go too big than not big enough in this case, especially because like deflections and like perfect parries in this game are not 
the guaranteed W that they are in Sekiro, right? Like they're not an attack. Like a, a parry in Sekiro is in in many many ways an attack. You, you know, it is a form of offense, even if it feels like a form of defense. It sounds like here that that is not necessarily as binary um, as it is in Sekiro. Right. And like, it also like depends on your build. So for example, like if you build heavy into, um, so there are five stats, uh, each based on like a different phase of key. Um, so it's, uh, fire, water, earth, um, wood and metal are the five phases that you can dump your stats into instead of like a traditional strength, dexterity, uh, intelligence <laughs> system. That's um, okay. All right. Uh, that, hey, look, it's, and, and, you know, as a intrinsic to the genres, you, you must also become more esoteric on uh, how, you, how you do your, your stats. I mean, it's, it's grounded in like the setting, right? Like this yeah, is, yeah, this yeah. is a, this is a game set in the three kingdoms period. There's like, that is like fully about uh, the like mythical version of, uh, the three king, like romance of the three kingdoms, like as 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 a mythic tale, as opposed to like hi- like you know historical account, and so like I think it actually fits really well, and also like does a better job of making the stats more interesting because I think that like for example fire, if you put points into fire, that means that your spirit attacks are going to deal more uh, like posture damage. Uh, if you devote uh, energy into stone your deflections are what deal more posture damage. Uh, and then there's, of course, building up your own health bar. There is building up uh, your... So it's... Sorry, it's your health bar and your resistance to taking stamina damage. Uh, and then there is, like, your magic. Um, kind of. Uh, it's 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 how much uh, spirit your magic uses. So it's not how much damage your magic does that you're improving. It's how frequently you can use it without bursting your stamina bar and ending up. Spirit attacks are not magic. Those are separate. Those are separate. Okay. So spirit attacks are like special physical attacks and then magic is a separate pillar. Okay. Yes. Yes. Magic is, it's called wizardry, which I, which I love. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's good. You know what? I'm on board with that one for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Wizardry. It it fucking owns. Uh, And so like each time you put points into a given stat, you are unlocking more spells down that tree, which is like the other cool thing is that like every character has access to magic. The question is what kind of magic are you giving yourself access to and building into your kit? So, for example, I'm building stone and fire, which is to say that, like, I'm building no health because I'm me and I'm stupid. Um, And instead devoting everything to maximizing the amount of stamina damage I do both on offense and on defense. Uh, And so I'm just trying to, like, rush down these bosses, like, as quickly as possible, which, by the way, feels fucking great when you do it. Holy shit. Ugh, delicious. Um... Because this game's got some really good animations. This game's got some really good, like, finisher animations for when you posture break someone. But I, then because I'm building stone and, and, and fire, that also means I have access to these stone and fire spells. Uh, so, for example, like, I have access to a fireball. I have access to um, the ability to, like, turn my body to stone and, like, take a little bit less stamina damage when I get hit with something, for example. Um... And so, like, each each phase has its own, like, specific set of spells that I think kind of, dis, kind of helps, like, disassemble or, like, lighten the binary between, like, a magic build and a, like, more traditional, like, you know, close combat build. You are going to be doing both. Like, you're uh, always going to be unlocking magic, right? Yes. Like, it is, like uh, magic is... 
even in Elden Ring, which makes it easier than ever to have a form of magic across a range of builds, as opposed to like earlier games in the series, where it's like, well, maybe at least invest enough to get a healing spell or yeah. something that you can just kind of carry around or some sort of buff uh, for your an enchantment for your weapon. Sounds like here, regardless of what path you're going down on the style of character that you're building, you're going to be unlocking spells and you'll be holding yourself back if you're not engaging with that system. Yes, exactly. Um, and like, it's, it's, it's real good. It's real good. It's, it's really good. So one thing I was, I was just curious about was, I, I, cause I wasn't clear to what degree was it like mythic and magical versus like historical, uh, yeah. key, like queuing up closer to the, the three kingdoms, uh, the romance of the three kingdoms, which itself kind of blurs the line between yeah. magic and, and reality. But, uh, in terms of like how that translates to the world and like the, the gameplay mm-hmm. loop, uh, I am curious, like where you were sort of situated in this world. Is it, is it opening where like the, at the familiar place, a lot of these things do with like the yellow turbans. Yes. Uh, and, and like, like what does the structure of the game look like, uh, as you, as you go around? So it begins with you as a, uh, pretty competent member of the militia. Uh, who is currently under attack by the yellow turbans uh, as they're they're just like decimating uh, the village that you are in. Um, And so you are, you start the game, uh, you do a little bit of fighting, uh, and then you come into contact with the Taoist in black, uh, who is this like wizened old man who takes your friend who kind of revived you uh, and turns him into a big evil dragon uh, and then and then knocks you into the sea. And then when you wake up, uh, you wake up in a battlefield uh, and, you know, you are exploring and like running around and then you bump into. Um, oh, God, I'm forgetting who the first person you bump into is, but you bump into like members of uh, like, you know, the three kingdoms uh, narrative. Right. So, for example, right now I am accompanied by, I believe, uh, Lu Bei and Zhang Fei uh, are like mm-hmm. who are fighting with me right now. Uh, as like my 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 two companions who are like following through through the current level, um, and you can like call those characters in once you've once you've befriended them, you get to like call them in whenever you want. Um, which also like, I think it's very cute. Um, the game calls uh, the relationships you have with them oath levels, uh, and so mm-hmm. like it's it's calling back to the oath, the oath of the peach garden, uh, and and like. It's it's really fun uh, the way that like the the dynamic that they have captured between like Zhang Fei, Liu Bei, and uh, Guan Yu is like it's it's really good. It's I I think they're like doing like a good job of of characterization here, which like honestly has always kind of been a a str- not a strength, but like has been something that Team Ninja has like found itself being able to do is like very quickly giving you characters who are like kind of charming and like kind of weirdos in a way that is like so distinct from the FromSoft mold of NPC Yeah, design. I was going to ask. I didn't play enough of Neo to, or at least it's been so long since the only one I played for a, a, a chunk of time was the original Neo. I probably played like 10 hours or mm-hmm. so. And then I think I read like a Polygon review that was like, yeah, I finished it about 90 hours. And I was like, okay, I thanks. <laughs> Good luck, Neo. See you on the other side. But not enough to like really pin down what is the mode of storytelling? So it sounds like I don't want to call it, normal is the wrong word, but like there's an kind of esoteric vibe to the way from it treats its like writes its characters, yes. displays its characters. Like, is this? I don't know. How would you characterize 
how Team Ninja goes about doing here or even more broadly? I mean, like they do historical fiction. And like historical fantasy is is the more accurate term I should be using here because like that is also Neo, right? Neo is set in a very specific period of Japan's history and goes, what if in this period of Japan's history, there were demons uh, that people were fighting as like uh, in parallel to the like main conflict, right? Like there is, there are two conflicts going on and like these two factions are like interfacing with like demons in like very different ways and and the the interplay between these two things. And because of that, you are like constantly bumping into uh historical figures throughout Neo and and Wo Long, all of whom are at their most like mythic, right? Are at their most like uh when you when you bump into Zhang Fei, for example, uh you help, I believe, um, I believe it's Guan Yu. Um Guan Yu is almost killed and you like intercept the attack and like Guan Yu falls off of his horse and then Zhang Fei immediately starts attacking you and is like, I won't let you kill my brother uh, until eventually like someone intervenes and is like, bro, you have to fucking chill. I'm begging you. Like, it's not like that. She just saved me like 10 seconds ago. We do not have to be doing this. And like, that is, this is these, these characters and these figures at their like biggest personalities. Um, it has that like, you know, a dude is going to do a big belly laugh and like pound his chest. Uh, if, 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 there's a, if there's a big guy, he's going to belly laugh and pound his chest and like his eyes are going to light up with like some kind of magic or something. Right. It's, it's working in that tonal space, which I find I find it really charming personally. Um, I, I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy the melodrama uh, really greatly. Oh. Speaking of space, like I'm curious if we're using um, on the spectrum between like uh, a Dark Souls or an Elden Ring approach to like your relationship to the world and how you explore it. Where where are we at? What does like the level of the world structure look like? Totally different. Uh, Neo has always been totally different in this mm-hmm. regard. Neo has levels like capital L levels that you load into and then fight through and like have set enemy placements and like are very particularly structured. Um, and that's what we're working with here in Wolong. Um, so basically each level is pretty large so far. Um, they've been like, not like massive, but like pretty large, um, mostly linear with like branching paths to like go check out shit on the side. Um, one of the other things escapes has is morale. Uh, to kind of like lean back into the fact that like you are in a war, morale is something that is important. Uh, the morale of both you and your enemies. Um, and so as you go through the world and unlock the game's equivalent of bonfires, like as you get more checkpoints, your morale gets higher and higher. Um, and as you like find little things throughout the level, uh, you 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 push that morale higher. And the difference between your morale and the enemy's morale helps determine how much damage they're going to do to you. Uh, in terms of spirit damage and and traditional damage. Um, which means that, like, if you bump into... You can get into fights in this game that are like, oh, I'm not underleveled for this fight as a character. I have not explored this area enough to be able to fuck with this guy. Right? Like, my morale is 8, and this dude is 20. We are not doing this. If I If I try to touch this man, I will be obliterated. Which is like a transparency of like data that you just don't get in yeah. like the from style approach, right? Like you know, you you can you can bump into things and feel, and get the sense in a fight like, oh, I'm just not 
I'm not ready for this, but it is not a game that is signposting like, hey, <laughs> like here's the level, the level of this character. You got to do more world stuff. <laughs> yeah, you should yeah, look around yeah. for a bit more. Like it, it's legitimately yeah. going like, hey, listen, I know you want to get to the end of this level, but take your time. Come on, go look over there. Hey, see that freak over there? You haven't fucked with him. You don't know what's behind that freak. Go, go, go take a look. Come on. He's just a little guy. Uh, and then you go over there and he kicks your ass. But you're like, oh, OK, I see like behind him. There is a battle flag that I can raise, um, which will give oh, me a little bit more morale. That's a good question. Uh, speaking of getting your ass kicked um, in terms of like how punishing is failure. What does that like loop look like in terms of absorbing setbacks and uh, coming up short? Like, do you just like white progress do you like is it a autosave system where like some stuff sticks around or uh checkpoint system like like a like a like a bonfire it's it's a yeah. bonfire system okay. but you only lose half of your resources on death uh and then you can do a corpse run to get the other half back uh if you can kill the enemy who killed you uh you can get half of your not half you can get like the rest of your lost resources who doesn't back. love a good corpse run system it's great, and it's a good yeah. corpse run system, um, <laughs> especially because it does the thing where if you're fighting a boss, you do not have to kill them to get your shit back. You just have to walk into the arena, and if you make it to the arena, the game's like, okay, here's your three thousand like key back. Here's your here's your three thousand genuine key back. Don't worry about it. Um, Are you then trapped in the arena? Because that was sort yes. of the thing with like Dark Souls, right? Where yes. it's like your experience is right there, buddy, right <laughs> underneath <laughs> the uh, was the Tower Knight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. Extremely- it was like, if you have the good, de- the decency to kill me at the door. I was like, okay, this is this is workable. But <laughs> like the first time I had a big bag of XP, like work around behind him. I was like, well, that's gone forever. Yeah. Once you enter the arena, it gives it to you immediately. But also you can't leave the arena once you're yeah, in there. Okay. So, that, so once yeah, you're in that, that fight, fam- that you're bind. one in that fight. Yeah. Um. You well, actually, to- but like how often is it setting you up with like, and here's a long gauntlet from the last bonfire to a boss? Not that often. You can okay, find so way more merciful in that regard where it's like you're not running for five, ten minutes through no. a rehearse. Okay. I feel like all these games have, have thankfully gotten away from what was once a quote unquote defining trait of how the, you know, the, the these games used to have like boss runs where it's like, oh, you got to go through a gauntlet where you're going to lose probably half your health before, you know, or yeah. use up a flask on your way to do it to a fog door to fight a boss. Most of these games, like even from, and I'm glad that, you know, it's continued here is like, you know what, like what makes these games, these games is not th- those elements right. of it. So it's, it's too, it's too bad. I mean, I'm glad you played a little bit of Elden Ring, Rob, because I think like it's better illustrates where this stuff has gone than a demon souls, which is, is, you know, is, is that at its most punishing at times. Right. Demon soul. Yeah. Demon souls only has, if I remember correctly, one checkpoint per area, like, like one, one has a single bonfire. One, two has a single bonfire, um, which makes that shit. A if lot if not that, it feels, it feels like that. Cause the way like the, the you know, and that game has a level structure, so yeah. I can get away with it a little bit differently because there's less, flexibility in the in the, in the design of the of the environment but yeah you're uh you're not wrong yeah and so and also like the environment like you can you are doing the dark souls thing of like creating shortcuts back to your previous locations just on a micro scale right you're not connecting to large areas but you are being like okay cool now beforehand like if if you're imagining a map that is like you know kind of like question mark shaped right 
you go up and you go around. Eventually you're like, oh, I can just stop going around and just connect to the very top of this question mark to the stem of it um, by like making a shortcut somewhere, right? And so I don't have to do that anymore. And now instead of having to run through all of these enemies on this side of the map, I can go from the stem of this question mark where I'm pretty safe uh, and just go straight and cut straight through up to the boss. Um, and in that way, it's actually like pretty nice. Now, the difficult thing may be going against a boss and being like, okay, am I act- do I actually have enough morale for this fight? Um, and if the answer is no, then you should actually take more time to like explore the world and like that that becomes a kind of like boss run when you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. I I died during this fight and I've got 3,000 like experience sitting in that fucking room, but I know that I can't fuck with them. So I have to fight through this area and unlock a little bit more morale uh, and like explore a little bit more while knowing that that shit in, in there is just waiting for me. And that actually I think is a very... I think it's a different and better tension, if I'm being honest, than what is present in uh, the Souls games. Uh, Because like with the Souls games, it's like, okay, I just have to go get my shit back uh, or fight the boss well enough to get my shit back. And here it's like, do you want to go make another attempt at that boss? Or do you want to go risk your life to make that boss fight a little bit more manageable uh, while those resources are just sitting there waiting for you? You'll and that side stuff fine. out in the world feels like fun enough that it doesn't feel grindy. Uh, oh, yeah. Like you're just out. Okay, that's great. It's quick. Um, yeah. It's like, it's not like you're like going way out of your way. It's like, oh, cool. I'm going to walk into this cave. And like in this cave, there's going to be like an encounter or two. And once I beat that encounter or two, I can up the morale uh, of my of my troops or, or of my character. Right. You're not actually controlling troops. But, you know, the the narrative morale you can up it a little bit by like walking into a hallway um and like fighting some guys and then planting your battle flag um and it's like really it's it, i think it's a really really good system I, I love these games a lot uh real quick so i forget what's mm-hmm. what system are you playing on i'm playing on pc and it is having like pc like it has the worst rep in terms of a, pa- a patch just came out yes i don't i don't know how much that has i think has, the patch it, made it um, worse for me <laughs> yeah i mean the pc ports are in a there are more than them than ever, but there are uh, are frequently more issues. The than, I don't know. This is one is as simple as just the like stuttering issue that has been plaguing a lot of PC ports in the last couple of years. This yeah. just seems like it's a a broad optimization issue. And also, I think I, people were this was shocking to me. There are like a lot of reviews on Steam. They're like the mouse and keyboard support is real oh bad. Oh my I'm god, like, it's what, embarrassing. What are, you, what are you doing? I mean, you do you right? Like play these games how you want to play them. I, I like I you know. I, I, much respect to the mouse and keyboard but like these are, are like fundamentally like gamepad games it, IMO. it is worth noting that at like high level play neo is 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 mostly played with the mouse and keyboard uh which is uh i agree surprising patrick i, I think it doesn't feel nearly <laughs> as good uh and that people are being freaks about it um like i i think that like it is a kind of a kind of action game that actually thrives with with just like a controller um but, but yeah. the, the Xbox version, is, um, by all accounts, seems to be to, to run pretty well um, and is available on Game Pass if you if you have that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I was gonna say, also, like this is like this is Koei Tecmo's thing recently, which is a bummer. Um, Wild Hearts had this issue. 
this game has. That was issue. just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Like to release two high profile games like this back to back and have the PC versions have issues certainly suggests like, you know, the PC market is now very attractive to lots of I mean, it was just very rare to get PC ports from Japanese game developers. And now we're seeing that like more and more often, which is really exciting. But it doesn't seem like the quality control on those ports has necessarily caught up to uh, the desire to publish a version of it on Steam. Uh, the other thing that uh, I want to note here is that also like Wild Hearts, this game is like pretty, pretty progressive with its like gender shit uh, in terms of like you get to like customize character pronouns completely separately from like body type uh, and voice. Um, that was such a funny part of the demo was that like there was a character customization section, but like certain parts of it were turned off. And like one of them was the, the pronoun selection. It was like, like coming soon. And it was just, so, that's not the phrasing they used, but it was something akin to that. It just like cracked me. I was like, hey, I'm so glad it's here. That's awesome. That's not necessarily something you'd expect. But then also for it to be like there, but then also like, sorry, like we're working on it was just <laughs> incredible. I think we're I know why. Gender stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we're working through some things over here. <laughs> I, I think I know why. And like, why is really cool. Like, it's different on a per language basis. This is true of, uh, uh, this was true of Wild Hearts as well. There is no pronoun selection in the Japanese uh, language uh, if you select like Japanese as your as your in-game language, there is no pronoun selection in Wild Hearts. Uh, and so like I assume that it was had to have been like kind of a fucking nightmare to code because you have to have like not only like building you have to build like slightly different dialogue systems for different languages. Uh, and that is extremely, extremely neat to me. Um let me let me read that. The function is not it. available. This function is not available in this version. <laughs> no personal pronouns in this version, idiot. I will not refer to you. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. You can be you can be you can be a, you can be a they them a, a, a she her a he him if if thou so desires. Um, and I'm 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 again. I I find this stuff really fascinating. I'm like really curious how this was implemented across languages and and by like the various localization teams um i think i think it's very neat that's not really cool i i do wonder how much also of just the dodge the dodgy quality of a lot of uh these releases right now how much of it is also because they're straddling generations still mm -hmm. um in terms of like console hardware and so like you're probably you're, you're juggling the most platforms uh in, in terms of what you're releasing for right because like this this did come out on uh like PS4 and Xbox One, right? I'm checking that right. Yes, it did. Yeah, so like I I I do kind of wonder to to what degree is is some of the like uh performance issues that we're seeing more of just stemming from the fact that uh for you know sensible commercial reasons, uh people are hedging their bets about like what you know what mm -hmm. what platform uh you know they're they're prioritizing and they're kind of casting a wide net but it does seem like uh you know pc is is taking taking the hit uh but that sounds that sounds really really cool um definitely want to hear more about this and i am curious about that high level play but that is wo long fallen dynasty and uh yeah maybe your mileage may vary in terms of what version you choose uh so do a little research on that and see what you can live with uh 
Patrick, I wanted to touch base real quickly here before we go to break. Uh, you've been playing Dead Cells again, but kind of not Dead Cells. Yeah, I, I started uh, uh, goofing around with the Castlevania uh, DLC that has come out for for Dead Cells in the last week or so. Uh, I kicked off that interest while waiting for Rob to catch up uh, to me in Dead Space um, <laughs> during our extra long uh, stream yesterday. Dead Cells, uh, a sort of a very Castlevania inspired uh, roguelike from uh, a number of years back, was at, I'm pretty sure that was my game of the year when it came out in 1.0. Uh, it's just a it feels so good to jump, to move, to attack. Uh, it yeah. was just a, just an A plus action game. Uh, I every I've been away from it since you know, I beat it once and I there's been a ton of content added in the years after. It's actually a really fascinating story I wrote on 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 Waypoint a couple of years back where the team behind Dead Cells uh, the game was so successful, so like not just successful, but like wildly successful that the team, the main team that built it at Motion Twin, uh, didn't want to just turn into a Dead Cells support studio. Uh, the team, the the team there, uh, which is a co op, um, d- like wanted to make other things, uh, and so a spin off, which I think was headed up by like one of the the or one of the marketing folks that worked uh, within the studio. Started a, uh, a, a a separate spinoff Dead Cells specific studio called Evil Empire, which uh, I think was meant to be a sort of a haha on like we started a co op and then we spun off a capitalist studio to uh, expand upon Dead Cells. They've been doing all these expansions uh, ever since that have, from my understanding, been very well regarded, very well made, and that if you liked Dead Cells, there's been nothing but really good Dead Cells uh, ever since. But for me, you know, I kind of beat the game and then was like, I'm good. Like, this was tremendous. Game of the year. But, you know, on to the next thing. Uh, and I'm not like a huge Castlevania. Like, per- I came into it like a lot of people with Symphony of the Night. I have fond memories of the Mode 7 effects from Castlevania 4 on the Super Nintendo, renting it from the Blockbuster. But I don't rem- I don't have like any strong memories of really playing that game. And so my... Entry into Castlevania starts with Symphony of the Night and then all the GBA games like Harmony of Dissonance um, and a couple of DS ones that, that they put out. Sorrow, uh, Aria, Sorrow, Aria, Sorrow, Aria, Which that was, that was a DS one, right? <laughs> that, was a, that was a Game Boy one, actually. Um, Game Boy, okay. So then I probably played it. I think I fell off it. Uh, or it's like it just the games were awfully samey at that point. Um, uh, I, I can't remember. I played a lot of them. I, re, I you know, Action Plus RPG is is in my wheelhouse and I should have known that I would have liked a game like Dark Souls based on, you know, kind of the stuff that was happening in a game like that back then. Um, and so I don't know. I was just like curious to jump back into Dead Cells to see kind of what was happening in this game, see what the Castlevania stuff was like. And I've only played like an hour in change, but like one, the soundtrack slaps like it's like Castlevania music is just so uh, <laughs> incredibly good. The remixes here uh, or the new compositions here are incredible um if you just want to play the often what happens with uh games like dead cells uh is that like they add new content but it's sort of just mixing up the base game so you know just kind of like rather than being like a splintering off where you're choosing like i want to go engage with this new content it's like well no the content is just added to what you were already doing uh sort of on a run-based uh sort of thing and and here uh, castlevania is its own sort of separate splinter when like so if you're familiar with dead cells you know you start off you pick you know uh a, a couple of uh upgrades or weapons from the starting area you go down into these sewers and then you have a couple of doors you can go through that sort of pick the path you're going to go through the game going forward here in the opening area you can just keep choosing to go to the 
the you know the Dracula's castle uh, section of of Castlevania and kind of play out the more uh, kind of narrative focused uh, or at least more narrative focused than uh, the like Dead Cells itself had um, uh, when it was originally uh, released uh, and. It's really good. Like the new, the new weapons are great. The art is fantastic. It mostly just makes me desperately wish that Motion Twin, whether it's this Dead Cells studio or the original developers over at Motion Twin, made a Castlevania game. I think that's part of what I really liked about Dead Cells was like, how do you make like a new like post Symphony of the Night like Castlevania game? Like it feels like they kind of already did that, and and like Dead Cells suggested a world. Of forward that was like oh, actually like this is a castlevania game and everything but name alone and under a new structure and it and it's and it's awesome and this new castlevania stuff is very good yeah i i, I check in on dead cells like once every few months and I'm like i i get back into it for a little bit and i just like it's what a what a tremendous game and also like i spent like in within five minutes of flipping around again i was like oh fuck i don't even know if i should do this because i'm just gonna get drawn you know it was like well, well i played 40 hours this before like do i I'm not gonna just play another 40 hours. Like the way that Kato talks about Destiny is like how I felt. <laughs> I'm banging my head against a wall playing Destiny, and then I play Dead Cells for five minutes, and like my eyes go wide, and like <laughs> I don't know what's happening around me um, because the action in that game is is so good. You got you got uh, around that yeah. wall though, right? You you hid from that wall. <laughs> you, you, you found a hiding hole that helps you. This is the, no- this is the noise wall. I make. I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> This is the, the that's the noise I make playing the the, the final boss in, in Destiny Two. Are we into it? We've alluded to it twice now. Uh, should we just yeah. touch on Destiny Ren? Did 2? you have a point that you wanted to make before oh. I before I go on a rant? I was just gonna say the last <laughs> thing is that like Dead Cells, um, they've effectively released a sequel like through the yeah. amount of like updates and DLC that they've done. There's like so it's, much stuff for this game. It's it's astounding how much like content there is, and and that's why like every time I play it, I like bump into something completely new, and I'm like, oh fuck yeah. Um, they added the sword and gun from Hyperlight Drifter as a weapon. <laughs> what? Yeah, Patrick, oh, yeah. it's sick as fuck. Like, like it. <sighs> the the crossover weapons that they've added over the course of the game are all really fucking cool. Oh, right, there's like Shovel Knight stuff. I wasn't sure. I'm sure I saw this in the years past, but like when you open the game, yeah. I believe I don't know if it's like scanning the games I own in Steam or if this is just. The, the stuff they've at the like the kind of indie crossovers they've done they're like there's a reference to hollow knight yeah. and slay the spire so are those actual editions or yes. was it like a metal gear scanning my my, my steam account situation no it was the, those are actual editions uh, i think it's called mm, the okay. best friends update if i'm remembering correct um searching best friends update dead cell can i actually get the shovel from shovel knight in this game yeah i believe <sighs> yeah the shovel and like it works like the shovel it lets you attack downwards <laughs> Um, Hell yeah. Oh, they're called okay. the Everyone is Here updates uh, because, uh, of course, Smash they Bros. are. Smash Bros. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, um, yes. So the first one was Hollow Knight, Blasphemous, Hyperlight Drifter, Guacamelee, Skull, and Curse of the Dead Gods uh, were the. Blasphemous. Wow. That's one of my favorites from a couple of years. Like, oh, yeah, stop it, Dead Cells. <laughs> yeah. What you doing to me? Yeah. Everyone is Ooh, here. I'm getting a little hot under the collar thinking about. Fuck. Blasphemous. Should I pl- what a great show. Can I get back to Blasphemous? Did you not play it? I played a little bit of it, but I didn't finish it. Oh, I I adored that game. Gosh. Top to I Wait. missed it when it came out and then looped back around to it didn't, when some DLC came out and didn't Ooh. isn't it getting more actually? I remember they had an up, they had it they had one more major update uh sometime last year and then they announced Blasphemous 2, um, which we haven't seen anything of, but Man. um I'm very excited to see um, what that team would do with another another swing at it. Um 
Yeah, so Destiny 2. Um, <laughs> Actually, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do the break. Charge up. Let's let's take uh, a break. My super is will, charging. <laughs> we will be back with, uh, yeah, Patrick's and Kato's feelings about Destiny 2. Back after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. American and we're back. back. God damn it. <laughs> American and pepper jack cheese on an everything bagel. Now nice. we're back. Double cheese. Uh, so, Patrick, uh, <laughs> yeah. you've been after after a long hiatus. You've returned to Destiny. Yeah. So uh, Destiny 2, uh, which uh, Kato and I have been chronicling the, the last uh, week and change with the new expansion Lightfall uh, that came out the latest in Every three years, I ended up writing a blog about this. Let's let's see if it actually got. I think it got published today. Um, yeah, what I learned spending an hour shooting the final boss in the latest Destiny expansion while hiding underneath the stairs is the headline. I'd, I'd love to break a seventy-five <laughs> character count for a, for a blog. Um, uh, they, they, Vice used to be very strict about that, and then Motherboard just started breaking the rules on that over and over again because they were finding. That their long esoteric headlines actually drew audiences in because they're more like a sentence than like a like the what the structure you work under a headline. Anyway, um, the the premise of that blog basically is like every couple of years I find myself redrawn to Destiny as I essentially mourn a version of Bungie that doesn't exist anymore. Um, <laughs> I wrote a version of this in 2014 when I finished the original campaign for Destiny. Um, when I worked at Giant Bomb, which was uh, uh, essentially like, ah, I love this studio and all they make. And then one day they put out a game that said, we're never going to make those games again. And every once in a while, between a, a sense of FOMO from a lot of my friends that are into Destiny and just a nostalgia for a developer that made like some of my favorite shooter levels ever, I'm like, ah, like I want to go back there. And then what happens is like... Oh, they don't make those games anymore. And that's okay. Um, and But then also it's not okay because it hurts me emotionally, <laughs> personally. But it's just a reminder that, like, they, you know, what they're doing <laughs> is just something fundamentally different. Michael and Jordan, and <laughs> that, and I took that personally. <laughs> I did take that personally. Like, what? I love the silent cartographer. Like, why not do another one of those? Um, and... And this time, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned previously, the, the exercise in revisiting Destiny was more about Kato's pitch of, hey, if you just kind of get over the hump of the campaign, you can get on this treadmill of storytelling that is a minimal investment, right? Like an hour or two a week to sort of like continue these quests. And I was like, okay, like that that could be interesting. Maybe that could be my way into playing this game because my like post-Taken King experience, like after doing that campaign was like, guess I'm going to do another strike for the 15th time. And it's like, that's just, yeah. 
I don't have a community of friends that are playing the game that way. And that's okay. Like that's, if that's what this game is like, and, and that doesn't fit my life, even, even though it was, that was pre kids. It just didn't, not how I wanted to play the game. But like this, okay, maybe this is interesting. And I've, you know, we, we've talked about our kind of mixed thoughts on the campaign in Lightfall, which I think is, I, I tried to come into this with eyes wide open because like my criticisms are going to be different because they are sort of like, Hey, you jumped into a game you haven't touched in seven years. Like, Maybe don't start criticizing the storytelling. But then I felt emboldened by Kato being like, I don't know, this is kind of uh, mid. Yeah, I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that's um, all right. <laughs> I guess before I talk about my experience with the final, did you finish, You did you, have you, fin- you have finished the final boss, Kato? This is where oh, we yeah. both were yeah, on, yeah. on, uh, on Monday when we recorded. We had both made it to the final mm-hmm. campaign area. And you, I don't know what the specific words were. But I had expressed, I was like, I've seen a lot of anxiety about this final boss, that it is maybe frustrating, <laughs> difficult, it has quite a difficulty spike. Uh-huh. And you well, were like, you should just give it a, give it the old college try. Like, just give it get, into the, get into the mix, Patrick. Like, get out there well, you and were fight them. You were specifically saying that you would uh, ask me to, to come with you. Which, I like, would. yes. I expected you to at some point give me a call, be like, "Okay, I tried it, mm-hmm. but come on, mm-hmm. get in here so we can fucking beat this guy up." Can you join mid mission? Oh yeah, you have to like hundred percent. Okay, doesn't matter. Okay. So jump in, jump out. Uh, yeah, the 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 fi- like is an, I think it's an excellent final mission up until the the final. My my own personal experience was like, mm. there's rare there are very very rare times in Destiny campaigns where you get actually get to play alongside. Uh, like other NPCs, like yeah. other characters. And there are some really awesome sequences, extended sequences yeah. in the final mission where it's like some other character, like hero type characters come in and they're fighting you. And like, you've got these overwhelming odds and they actually like lift, you know, the restrictions on death so you can respawn and just enjoy yourself and just like revel in the spectacle of like what seem like hundreds of enemies on screen at once um, as, as you're swinging around with your, with your, you know, green grappling hook. Uh, and then you get to this final boss, you're facing Callus, who, right, Callus was a former ally, and then has turned into... In a way, he's always been, so, like, he, he was... A frenemy, you know, sort of a... (laughs) He was the, the, the very first raid that, uh, occurred in Destiny 2, after Mm. you beat the Red War, was, um, aboard the Leviathan, which is his, he used to be the Cabal Emperor, he was exiled, like, he was, uh, um ousted and exiled by his daughter Kaito who is now our friend that's the person that you were like she fighting rules. alongside we yeah, love, she's we fucking awesome we, we lift her on we, we lift we lift we lift her on our this big cabal on our tiny shoulders and we stand <laughs> um and he used to be he was the he was well he was uh, spoilers for the leviathan raid which you can no longer mm-hmm. do so i guess doesn't really fucking matter <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been put vaulted. into a vault is it really a spoiler <laughs> yeah i mean it'll come out at some point probably yeah. but um, at the end of that, he's Callus uh, is the final boss of that mission, or so you think. You figure out at the end once you beat him that it's actually just a robot, and real Callus is somewhere else. And the whole raid is essentially him. It's like a Colosseum, like Roman, like this is for the pleasure of the emperor to like watch all the guardians dance around his little pre- pleasure palace doing these. Uh, That's what, what it's essentially deal, right? a game it's show, like Romanesque, like decadent. Yeah. 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 His whole thing is like, yeah, the, the like super hedonistic, like, they're dudes are called more. Legion. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Kalos is really leaning into this era. Um, yeah. Kalos is leaning specifically. With the witness. Yeah. 
Kalos has always around. been specifically leaning into the like hedonistic like Roman Emperor trope of like he wants more opulence and more power and more everything. Gold chalice, all. like all the armor is full of of you know ridiculous yeah. uh, like diamonds and other sorts of like red yeah. uh, jewelry. So like him being a character in this in this game since since the beginning of destiny 2 like this is like the end of a long arc including including like us like a year ago during one of the seasons befriending and allying uh with his daughter kaido who would originally exit like the whole thing is like a very like for people who have been following the story a huge mm-hmm. like you know payoff payoff yeah. and i think that mission, like part, like the the part that you're talking about, like ends up being really fun because you're right. Like before this, there were much. It was much rarer to have any sort of like allies on the field aside from people you were playing with, right? Mm-hmm. And like they never really, um, aside from like Destiny, the the first mission in Destiny One where you have like the Vanguard do their superpowers in a like in a specific spot. Right, like Zavala put up a bubble, and then you kept moving, <laughs> and then uh, Ikora threw a, a a a fucking void bomb, and then you kept moving. But like it was never like this sort of like uh, an arena full, like a you were in, at the front line of uh, a war, like a battle. Yeah, happening. and it's not scripted, right? Like you, if you right. just like sit back and watch, it's you know it is AI it's doing AI, its thing. And- yeah. And it's their way of trying to like kind of meet halfway through like the kind of campaign scripting you would normally get in mm. sort of a Halo style game. But okay, how do we make this more interesting and repeatable for people who are gonna you know run this you know a dozen times or or you know what have you? And like they get that out of um, the characters more dynamically interacting rather than you know yeah this this hero character comes in and throws a cool cool bomb and and saves the day. And so I think that part works is finding like a dance between an old Bungie and new Bungie in terms of how they do storytelling that is meant to be repeated. Yeah. Um, but I take it there again. is another part that works less well. Well, it's again, again, like this is, this is why I wanted to talk to Kato about it because mm. I, I come into destiny, like just sort of parachuting in with Lightfall to try and find my footing on it. I barely understand the currencies. I barely understand the nuances of various weapons. And so you know, I kind of muddled my way through the, the the vast majority of this campaign and like had its instances that were difficult. We talked about the arena with the two tormentors, which is like kind of the <laughs> yeah. the key new enemy uh, in uh, the Lifehall expansion who are awesome. They are terrifying yeah. and fun and just really these like yeah, kind of uh, Mr. X like like stalker type characters, but also ones who are capable of like jumping great distances, picking you up and squeezing you. The, the, the one, the fight you have against the tormentor where you finally get access to the strand and you just like all of a sudden realize like, Oh, I'm a fuck with you. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. actually going to jump in the air. I was shocked Kato that the, one of the, the cool uh, abilities you have is like, if you, you can uh, kind of like be uh, mid air and kind of like do a ground pound and it like sends the enemies up into like kind of gravitational, stasis uh, yeah, sort the, of um, a bit and and you can kind of you can shoot them suspense. or it can like at least yeah suspend or it like yeah. takes a couple of enemies off the field while you're dealing with with different ones i was like well like, surely that will not work against kind of a boss type <laughs> like this like nah nah fucko yeah like, actually you're gonna sit in the Get air for 30 suspended. seconds while i built you <laughs> it's great yeah, um it's awesome and so all that stuff i think works really well and then i get to the the final fight against callus uh and 
I mean, I don't know how else to describe it except like it was. It's really hard. It has two phases. <laughs> it's very easy to die. Um, and it was one of those things where I was trying to pick apart like w- what is not working for me here. Mm. Is it what, what is the fi- what is the point of failure? Is it me and my lack of understanding of the nuances here? Where like I had people reach out over Twitter, was like, "Hey, like this is kind of the." Uh, kind of like more of a dungeon boss in in Destiny where like there's kind of a specific rhythm to the kind of weapons you would want to bring in as opposed to just bring in the stuff that's gotten you this far. It's like, okay, I don't have that knowledge. And so uh, I tried the fight two or three times and I don't know, I got halfway through Callus's health and was just not, like I was hitting the point where his shield was getting up and like I just wasn't doing much damage on the his shield. actual health. Yeah. And... It just definitely felt like, hey, this is supposed to be a situation where another player would be here and be dealing with ads or dealing well, with getting the shield down. Do you mm-hmm. have I I actually forget what the hunter has as far as like ability to deal strand damage without using your super. Like do you have like a knife or something, or is it just a melee? Like No, yeah. You well you ha- you can you can kind of like zipper onto uh you can use the grapple to like pull yourself towards right. enemies and then do like Kind of an area of effect, like right. so that damage. everyone gotta, uh, everyone gets that one. If they're okay, there's a knife. Like there's grapple. a knife you throw that bounces between okay. like a bunch of enemies. Okay. Um, and then there's like the, the like you know this well the circle. I guess it's circle on the PlayStation controller, but that's the one that like would activate either like the ground pound mm-hmm. or would uh the like, like a little black flip basically where you like the back dodge flip. You can like yeah, reload yeah. the weapon that you're actively using yeah. or something something like that. Um, so, so it was like, just like crowd control was difficult for me to like do any focus on, uh, the boss. Sorry, yeah. continue. This was, this was essentially the, the, the person who mentioned that, um, thing about the, the rhythm is like, right. Also specifically about like the rhythm of the encounter itself. There's kind of a specific order of operations that will get you through it. That maybe seems longer than if you were able to dump a bunch of damage onto the boss and finish mm-hmm. it. The big thing is that that shield that you're talking about that he gets once you hit, after you hit a certain like tick on his, uh, it's like a third, I think he yep. gets that shield and a tormentor comes out. Um, that shield is super weak to strand. Uh, the mm. warlock has a three gets three melee attacks that are the three strand needles that you shoot out just like, and th- those three needles would take out that shield. Like, it's mm. just my melee. And then you could just continue and pelting they, away. Yeah. But so, like, the rhythm of these types of encounters, though, is very much it will punish you not clearing enemies or moving in the way it wants you to move. And so, for this one, it was very much like you would clear one of those little platforms where they had, like, the extra enemies off to the side, mm-hmm. do some damage, uh, and then once it, every once in a while, Callus will force you off by doing that, like, kind of big AoE, like... I don't know if you kind of like the missile launches that that shoot down. And so you like get out and go repeat that cycle of clearing a platform from the extra ads, doing some damage. And then the tormentor comes out and it's really important to kill the tormentor before you push him over to the next phase. Because otherwise you're into his second form, which is melee and you're there's nowhere to hide anymore. Or so you think there's nowhere to hide anymore because you're just on one platform. But if it's callous and a tormentor, you're fucked. Like I, this is the issue I kept having actually was I was using a, uh, a, uh, a, uh, SMG that does poison damage and I would mm-hmm. accidentally tick him over before defeating that tormentor and move him into the second phase, which is a melee based phase where you're forced 
off of the platforms around the edge of the arena into a central platform so he can run at you and fucking swipe at you and kill you. Um, yep. One of the things that probably... Was he one-shotting you if he hit you at that point? Uh, I never made it. Kato never made it to the second phase. <laughs> you never made it to before, the second phase. Okay, before right, Googling right. Cheese Strat Callus Destiny 2 <laughs> on YouTube. Oh, no. Okay. And finding a yeah. video that said, this is an even better Cheese Strat. So what uh, the original tre- Cheese Strat for for Callus is that like right before you triggered uh Callus's attention yeah um and and the and the, and the fight you know properly goes underway you can, like there's these this kind of catwalk that's in front of you uh, and then you can go underneath it and you can wait for him to just sort of like walk to the sides of the arena you can lean out and just like shoot him in the foot <laughs> um and but the problem was uh-huh. the problem in the original cheese strat was that when you got to the second phase it it like puts out, I don't know what you'd call it, but like a force field yeah. that is meant to like push you in yeah. and like lock you in. And so what would happen is that you'd, sure, you'd get through phase one, but then when phase two, you need to like leave this little area and actually engage with the boss. Right. But what people found out with the second layer of cheese is that if you, once that first phase is over, if you just crouch under and walk forward to the big glowing white orb that tells you where your objective is, wait there for a, a couple of moments then the fight locks you in and you can you can crawl back over and you can proceed to just keep pelting him oh, in the foot. The thing God. that actually happened for me, Kata, was that I made the mistake of clearing out both the like the tormentor and the scions. I think were like some of the, the other yeah. enemies that get uh, dropped into that fight. And what was happening was like the you know, the, the other enemies would be seeking me out. Like they kind of, you know, they're designed to like kind of are intrinsically know where I am as the player and they can't hit me, but they're trying to shoot me, which would then drag Callus over so I could shoot him. But then I killed all the other enemies and Callus is just like, like he's magnetically, like if I'm underneath, underneath yeah. this, the staircase, he goes on top of me and right. is just standing there going, <laughs> like, where are you? And I can't shoot him. So then I suddenly <laughs> found myself in this situation where, I am now, I've now cheesed this, but uh-huh. now I have, I can't shoot him. Like, what am I supposed to do? And what I found was like, if I, I'm now, so now, you know, we all are skilled in different ways. So sure, did I fight this in the way that Bungie's designers intended? No, but I fought my own battle. Yeah. And that was against the AI patterns of Callus. And right. so, hang on, I, who's to say this wasn't intended? Because it sounds to me like it echoes some very classical themes here. For this is mm-hmm. basically, like they built in, they, the game supports the expression of how Thank Paris you. slew mighty Achilles. <laughs> so true. So oh. true. Pelting him, by pelting him a million times in the foot mm-hmm. with bullets. <laughs> and so I basically like walked all the way forward and would have to count to 10 because that would drag him like far enough yeah. out that when I went, then when I backed up to the left alongside of the pipe or to the right, that it would also drag him over there and then I could continue pelting him. But it was also like, I don't have particularly good, I don't have like great exotics. I don't have sure. these poison weapons that people were saying these are the best ones to use. I just got, you know, this auto rifle. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, we'll get there. Definitely. And eventually I downed him. And the funniest part was like multiple times throughout the fight, uh, Callus is screaming, uh, ah, this exceeds my wildest imaginations as he like has like... <laughs> 
uh, he has an orgasm as uh, he is fighting you because he's dreamt about this fight against a, oh, a guardian against a guardian. fellow warrior. Is this good for you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's a whole that vibe is present. This is really working this for fight. me. I love it. <laughs> and I'm just pew 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 pew. pew. Uh, and it was funny because the response I got from uh, I posted a short clip of that uh, on on Twitter, and it was a lot of people being like, "Yeah." Even like hardcore Destiny players being, yeah, been there, done something like that at some point. Like, you are not a degenerate. You are just one of us. We just don't necessarily always talk about it in public. But who amongst us has yeah. played Destiny and not gotten through something by doing something the abominable times, just to get to the other the, side? The amount of times I knocked that fucking Templar off the ledge back in Destiny <laughs> 1 doing the original raid. You know, we all we all cheese at some point. Right, right. And, it, 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 and again, I played, you know, I love the Souls games. And like those games are like there is designer intent and then there is like, whoops, a daisy. Like, you know, the, uh, you know, this demon appears to have fallen off a bridge. Yeah. Uh, like the one that it does constantly in the, uh, I forget which uh, boss that is early in Dark Souls. But uh, yeah, so that's where I kind of ended up. And now I'm doing some of the, the post post uh, campaign stuff and kind of trying to keep up with the the quest stuff that that you mentioned uh kato but mm. uh i don't know what, what did what did what did you make of the final boss relative to the rest of the campaign like, was it, did, did it actually seem like a difficulty spike or is this in line with where destiny is as a game at this point i think it was a little bit a bit more of a difficulty spike but not by much than mm-hmm. witch queen specifically like also had a pretty intensive dungeon style where like you had, there was a certain order of operations that was going to get you through it. And if you diverted from that or you didn't figure that quite out, it could, it was going to stymie your progress, right? Like, yeah. It was like once you figure out that there is a flow and like there's a way to safely move through this space and like deal damage, and it's not like that you get into this mode of like dealing damage to bosses in Destiny where in certain types of activities, it's like, just fucking blast them just like as quickly as fucking possible you, if you can get them dead it'll stop everything else from happening around you right right and like that is intended in some ways where like when you're lower level you might have to deal with the mechanics but once you hit a certain level you can just fucking blast the boss and get through that content usually in strikes and stuff or it's like we want you to be able to have this you know there's the original mechanics of the fight and then the you've done this a million times you can just fucking ace ace the boss this is not designed that way at all right like there wouldn't there's always there's those stops where like it's not that he you can't keep damaging him it's that the amount of ads and other mechanics that get added when he hits that one third of having another tormentor on it refreshes all the spawns on like the outer uh platforms and stuff when that happens like if you're not doing the the loop like you're just gonna get overwhelmed um right even if you had the levels to continue damaging him right and, like, that felt, for the most part, good. Like, I, I enjoy that kind of, um, it's like this, the, the, you know, it's it's the the good part of, Des- of, of, of Bungie's design combat, where, like, the combat becomes a puzzle of, like, okay, I have to figure out what, 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 like, what are they what, asking? What the spawn? Yeah, exactly. What the spawn kind of like rotation is? Like, where are the safe spots? What s- spots look like they're safe but aren't actually? Um, and all of that I think worked really well for me in the first in the first 
uh, half of this fight. And then the second half of this fight completely fuck like I could not deal with melee the the melee arena. Um he hit really hard, like he would hit he would kill in two in two swipes. And the point is obviously they've they've you know, we've been playing with Strand this whole campaign and they have these set up like little sort anchor of. points. Mm, yeah, like I mean, sections. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like it's 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 actually kind of wild because that 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 arena is like the highest yes skill che- skill check they do on do you understand do you under- the momentum do you know how to grapple um, because guess what if you don't grapple right you're just going to fall into the fucking abyss <laughs> you're going to die and you don't uh, have to you don't have to pick up strand right like no, it, i was no. reading like people like somebody like like i don't understand the grappling i'm not good at it and the game oh. gives the option to not pick that up and do the fight without it that seems like a challenge yeah. <laughs> to do it because like getting up the verticality seems uh intrinsic to the fight but they give you the option to not pick it up if you don't want to do that but yes it is a high i thought i had a good sense of that it is stuff like that like momentum platforms physics are at least one of the few things in video games where i would go i'm good at that and then like multiple times during that fight i'm like wow i have just whipped myself into the abyss and time (laughs) to start over um but yeah like i think i really enjoyed the sort of like intended route of like swinging through the through the air getting a, like mm-hmm. one of those big AoE hits on that the groups on the on the platforms picking up the little balls uh the thread balls which fun fucking dude next time you get in there have you done the thing where you throw one of those and grapple to it no i remember seeing that little <laughs> notification about how it works like yes. when that feature unlocked but i've never done it what does it do oh it's just like a, it gives you your grapple back immediately. It works oh, like right, it looks. Right. It works like one of the the stationary. Oh, ones. so wait. So you pick. So the, to explain how it works for people is like this: the strand, this new green subclass with the grappling hook. If you do, I don't know, like it's enough damage, or like there are certain times when you attack using it that it will produce an orb, right? Yeah. And so that orb can be shot and it will explode like it's like a grenade. It can be uh, grappled to, um, or it can be picked up and tossed. And I guess what you were saying is you can pick it up, toss it, and then grapple and then to grapple it, and to then get it. your grapple and you, back. You uh. just fly through the air if you like. You know, if you're throwing it high enough, you're just like right. following the arc of this ball, That's which very is fun. very fun. And also, yeah, you can use it to get certain like in further places because it gives you your grapple back. So once once the ball hits, you can still you know grapple to somewhere else if you're kind of. That's funny. Going into a hole or something. I did not. I did not. That makes sense. I'm glad that that is yeah. like a, a layer to the mechanics. But uh, it's no, really, I, it's really fun. Because yeah, you could just whip that shit in the yeah, air. Yeah, you can you just... can throw that shit far. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's great. But anyways, um, that first that first half of the, the 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 arena was great. Then the second half, I just felt like I don't know if I was moving too fast. Like I can get a few shots off. But I feel like I stu- I, I, I stay one second too, like half a second too late, and he's on yeah. my ass, and I, I try to grapple away, and I can get away uh, like like 60% of the time. The other 60% of the time, he takes a follow-up swing, and I'm dead. Um, I ended up finding, like asking people like what they did in, in my clan, and they one person uh, specifically mentioned using an exotic called wither horde which is a grenade launcher that you can put in your primary slot that its damage was just enough to trigger a stagger 
which in Destiny, uh, these are this is kind of a big thing, especially on bosses and harder enemies, is if you deal enough damage within a certain window of time, they will do this stagger animation, which frees you up to continue to attack and, like, stops them from, you know, hitting you. And in this case, because he's a melee character, like, pauses him in his in this spot long enough for me to finish doing like my damage and swing away. Right. And then, (laughs) then I felt like I was doing the intended strat of like turn fire, put some damage on him at the last second, swing Swing. away, find another spot to shoot from and get and like do that loop again. Um, but it only, it could only happen if I could get the stagger off. And the only way I could get the stagger off was that I could find to consistently get that stagger off was to have this one exotic, specifically and it feels just like the slightest bit over tuned from being like a really fun and neat encounter that you use you're using the strand grapple all the time in to this thing that people are more likely to just want to cheese to find that little hidey hole under the stairs and just fucking pelt them in the foot because it's just a little too much health in the wrong place a little too much um like speed on the melee form of him like just the slightest bit down tuning on some of these things and it's like a really good encounter i think mm-hmm. um so apologies if you already covered this a bit in the previous show but i did want to ask you uh specifically kato like it does feel like the reception for this uh expansion has been a bit divisive um or a, a bit maybe muted and i'm curious like i'm always kind of curious about these things because in some ways i feel like a lot of times the discussion comes back to like there's a lot of people who come back to destiny around these events Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of high stakes involved in like how good is this expansion and frequently the people sort of talking about how good is this expansion are people who've been away from the game for a little while and a lot of things get sort of shot through the filter of how is this for returning players? Like, what is this doing to sort of get people to re-engage with Destiny who've maybe been away for a while? So I am curious, like, from your standpoint, like, how has this discourse played out? And how has it been received by people who've been a little more, uh, like, continuously engaged? Um, As far as I've seen, and, like, partially, like, my feelings on it are that it's um narratively kind of disjointed and like everybody feels that way and it's not even just a like you're a new player so you don't know what these nouns are they're they're introducing a lot of nouns that that they aren't explaining very well that they aren't spending enough time with characters that um uh get kind of big dramatic moments that you're like who that guy oh we're sad now okay we're sad now because that guy okay Uh (laughs) uh-huh and like it's just like you know, um, it felt like a lot of this has been, they like didn't have enough time really. I feel like to do the, uh, the amount of story threads that they were trying to pull on, um, which queen is a very focused campaign. You know, there's the one kind of central character of Savathun that you are specifically going after. And like, there's like little minions that get tossed in there, but narratively it is extremely focused on, her and how she was able to get the light, like how she stole the light from the traveler or whatever. And it made for a very, like it made for a campaign that you can do in like 10 missions, right? Like these campaigns aren't super long. They're like probably eight hours long. Like just, if you just do the missions, obviously the expansion includes 
all the seasonal content. It includes other quests post-campaign. It includes much more than just that, the campaigns. But oftentimes, like you're saying, people returning are just going to click through these missions. And like, this is the... This is this is kind of the point of whether they'll stick around or not is how good these specific set of missions are. And as far as Lightfall goes, this does I think a worse job than the Witch Queen did last year of presenting a um, cohesive narrative that seems worth sticking around to see what else happens after. Now, mechanically, as far as like people who've been around, a lot of the like quality of life changes, a lot of the changes they've made to build craft building uh building your um crafting your builds uh the 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 sort of new guns that they've introduced the strand powers and how that that um that class uh feels to play once you've unlocked it and gotten to like mess around with all the different options that it gives you after the campaign like all of that has been received pretty like well and is really good but even even like the old destiny heads that I that I've played with and talked to about the campaign are like the story was kind of was kind of mid and it's like not not really what we're here for but like all of the changes that they've made are so good that it's like you know overall a thumb like a okay it's it's yeah. good but not it amazing. Like set, it feels like setup the yeah. without explaining what happens in the final moments of the campaign like the final <laughs> cutscene is like Ah, oh, come on! Like, uh, all right. Like, it feels like prologue. Yeah, if it was like we, there's See, table this setting. This expansion isn't called the final shape. You know, like the well, the next one is. Yeah, it is, it is sort of. Uh, you know, it it is. You know, if you watch a television show, right? Like, the penultimate episode is often doing table setting for the final episode, right? Like, whereas, like, all right, well. Not really paying anything off here. We're kind of spinning plates to get characters into position. Um, and there's a little bit of it ultimately feels like a side quest. Like, okay, we gotta we're gonna put the characters over here mm-hmm. because we're setting up for what's gonna happen in the like the the, the big final arc um that that is coming uh, presumably next year. And um, yeah, like and so it, this is the thing about them doing like one too many things, right? It's like they're introducing a new planet, like entirely new planet that like has people living in it like they have to like imply a lot of things and like they have these new characters in the cloud striders of just like okay we're being introduced to new people that have powers out elsewhere in the universe that aren't based around the traveler that could be like they could do interesting things with that none of that's in the campaign you're gonna find there's some post campaign stuff where like they kind of go deeper into like the structure of this society and like how they um uh how they honor their dead, which is really interesting. And like, yeah, yeah. I just started doing that. Yeah. It's like, Oh, this is really cool. Like we're getting real insight into what this society is like and like what they like, um, you know, what they believe about, uh, their lives and what they leave. Yeah. What does it mean to honor like a, a highly computerized network connected society? What is, what does a a gravestone look like? What does that mean? (laughs) I mean, like it's neat. It's cool shit. And, and like, it's not, because of the propulsion of the campaign that is like we're moving towards this end game, it's it like attempts to build a bunch of stakes that don't that ultimately don't amount to very much of anything. It's just yeah. like here's a bunch of stuff to do so we can show you this cutscene that is clearly setting up like something else. all the other MacGuffins <laughs> for you know the the finale. And it almost seems like it would have been better. Like it, 
there's so, there's too much on its plate. Like if it had just been the right. introduction of this planet and it's like, hey, you want to go like see what's going on here? And it could have spent more like if kind of like one of the main quests had been about the death of a character yeah. and like how the society works. I would have like way more interested in having that fleshed out with the budget of a main campaign right. uh, mission than like, like, I don't know, you know, defending the cloud arc from, you know, <laughs> the, you know what I mean? Like, it's just feels like the priorities the are off. needs to be reset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just feel that priorities were off and it's, ju- it's juggling a lot of things as it, as it moves towards yeah. whatever end game is in, is in the works for destiny two. And so, um, I think that's that's where I kind of came came down at it as well. Uh, is like there's some interesting things happening, but it just feels like it's biting off more than it can chew for like what is actually possible in like this isn't a sequel, right? Like right. it's not this is not Destiny Four. It is, it is an expansion, and like within those those the constraints of the resources like that, um, I think it falters in what it's trying to to trying to accomplish. Yeah. And so as people are listening to this, uh, they can probably t- tune in. And check out Kato. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, Kato is not going to be done with the <laughs> with the raid at this point. Done Did it take you a day and a half last time? Uh, yeah, we didn't even. But well, will Kato still be streaming? Who knows? But mm-hmm. I assume I assume Kato will have a, a pretty epic session. <laughs> if Kato is uh, not planned. in small small claims court uh, <laughs> as well, I, I, we figured it I out. I yelled uh, at a person. It doesn't. Uh, that doesn't uh, fucking happen very often. Kind of go to small claims court. <laughs> are they, they going to like eat the full cost of their barely? Scroll? They're getting out of twenty okay. bucks and they're paying in segments. It's a thing. Loathsome. They real estate brokers are just the. You know what's funny is we have so many like listeners who are like, oh, I know a little bit about stuff. I've never heard from a real estate broker at all. Like nobody will cop <laughs> to doing that job. <laughs> Nobody's like, oh yeah, that's me. I'm a professional middleman. Uh, <sighs> I'm really good at not finding apartments you'll like and taking a month, two months rent uh, just for the privilege of being the person to be like, yep, you can rent that apartment. Uh, Sorry, I mishandled your paperwork and you didn't get it. Goodbye. God. I tweeted about that saga if you want to go find my tweet about what happened. Um, But. Yeah, it's New York is a hell of a place. I, don't yeah, work I mean, at the worker if you can avoid it but it was one of those like this place is good enough not good yeah. enough this, this place is good enough to overlook the fact that it has a fucking broker's fee uh, and it ends up it's gonna be good enough we're gonna get better floors than we bargained for <laughs> thanks to all that sanding uh, so so really it's kind of devious how it worked out Kato you're gonna get uh, like redone <laughs> redone floors yeah uh, to sort of happened. clean up the painting you shouldn't have done that uh, we were told was okay <laughs> so but so tomorrow uh, you're gonna be you're gonna yeah. be out raiding yes yes and do we know r- broadly what the conceit of this raid is no, this is the big thing about raids. It's like you don't know anything except uh, sometimes they drop a name. I haven't even been paying attention because I try to avoid all the spoilers. But the the most they drop a name, a little teaser of like the entry area, which never really matters. But it is a board, uh, uh one of the pyramid ships. But uh, I mean, we, I mean, we can say the title. Is the title too spoilery for yeah, you? Yeah, no, that's a cool fine. title. That's fine. The root of nightmares. Yeah. Yeah, it's sick. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, and it like has some really interesting, excuse me, visuals. And um, if you 
haven't started the Lightfall campaign and want to skip ahead of a minute, I want to talk about something that happens in the opening cutscene that was pretty neat. Um, in the opening cutscene for Lightfall, we see the Traveler like do an attack, <laughs> like <laughs> actively fight something else and it does this giant like life laser beam against one of the pyramid ships damn i was hoping it would fight like rover from the prisoner <laughs> which would have been infinitely funnier <laughs> what is what is rover what it's just like a big ball that chases people it just chases <laughs> yeah it's just it's like a like a half deflated balloon that just starts chasing people everyone's like holy like act like this is the scariest thing you've ever seen because it's like post-war bbc and like we don't have the budget for that kind of thing so just like it's you know, if, it, if it touches you you're gonna die run away latex balloon it is Ooh. <laughs> um no he does this like big laser that uh when it hits the the the, the pyramid ship starts growing trees like it starts doing the thing that it's done on uh various of the other planets in the solar system where it kind of like has terraformed places and that's why humanity was able to expand to places like venus and mars and all that so right but now are you going aboard that pyramid ship that it has we're going aboard oh, the man, pyramid it's gnarly ship. as hell in there yeah it looks like gnarly <laughs> yeah like we hit this place with a genesis torpedo and yep. like uh sorry to all the people who lived here but it's kind of a messy <laughs> garden now yeah yeah, so it looks really interesting. I'm I'm very excited to see what fucking horrors they've they've dreamt up for us this time. All right, well, <laughs> uh, you can check out Kato coming to grips with those horrors uh, and uh, setting a record record raid time uh, on Twitch.tv slash slash Waypoint. Uh, real quick, some, I mean, a personal record, right? Like you know, just beating it is the beginning of one's personal yeah. record. Yeah, yeah, setting a personal best. Uh, <laughs> So just real quick, we just to hit some quick news here before we go. Uh, Paradox announced a bunch of new games uh, yeah. that sort of hit across a few different uh, interest areas. Uh, I think, you know, certainly uh, thing a couple of people messaged me about is that we finally know what Harebrained Schemes uh, next yeah. game is. Uh, it is the Lamplighters League, which is a like squad tactics rpg but with like a hearty dose of the mummy and indiana jones uh, mm-hmm. sort kind of, of pulp, pulp, thrown in yeah uh, aesthetic it seems yeah um it couldn't really tell like the uh, couldn't really tell too much uh from like the trailer and yeah. screenshots but it definitely looked interesting in terms of like you have it looked like a fair bit of that really crunchy like squad tactics like moving around the the battle space but then abilities that are a little more like again in keeping with uh pulp sensibilities pulp comedy sensibilities and a campaign structure uh that also seems to sort of play off of that and maybe uh has some uh some branching uh along this looks, the way. I, I hadn't seen the screen i saw the trailer i didn't realize that there were screenshots i just looked this up on steam mm-hmm. like this the, the art direction is very cool here yeah yeah it, it looks really neat um been waiting know, it, to hear from uh half brained since 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 BattleTech. Sad it's not mechs, but this still looks neat, <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is this kind of thing I was sort of sitting there as sort of reconciling myself with is like we're never gonna get BattleTech two, are <laughs> no, we? It's not <laughs> uh, <no>. And also <laughs> to an extent I like, do we need BattleTech two necessarily because like I, they I know it, like I want more could. but do I do <laughs> I know, but fundamentally, like, what do I want? I want more battle tech, but with like a new campaign, right. and like right. that's that's kind of it. So I get why they would they would move on. Uh, and yeah. this this looks neat, but I I am still 
lighting candles for Battletech 2. We also found out they are finally, uh, uh, Colossal Order is finally moving on from City Skylines and they're making City Skylines 2. And I would say, you know, obviously, like, that is a, at this point, an old city builder. uh, And they've been sort of pushing its limits for a while. I think a couple of years ago, they were talking about one of, like, the real limits to different models of urbanism that they can have in their game is that just the way zoning works uh, at the foundational levels, they couldn't do, like, mixed use. And so that rules out an entire like type of really common city design uh, that just doesn't exist in that game. But I will say the thing that leaped out in the trailer, at least, was it was just cars and streets. And I know that like for a lot of folks that like is a huge part of the city builder. And that's certainly a big part of uh, city skylines was managing those ridiculous highway interchanges <laughs> but i was really struck by the degree to which the trailer was kind of leaning in on a model of city builder that one like doesn't like entirely reflect um a lot of different trends and schools of thought in like urban design and urban spaces but also it's like it doesn't even really reflect colossal orders past um as you remember colossal order before they made city skylines made transit games. They made transit strategy games where like, yeah, the city built and grew, but like what they were fundamentally fundamentally making was like multimodal intra-city uh, transit sim, like multimodal <laughs> intra-city railroad empire was kind ah. of what they were making. And you can detect some of that DNA in city skylines because like when you do unlock all the options for transit in the city, it can get, you can really drill down into like, I got to perfectly time these bus routes and create the most efficient like transit machine possible. But the like in this trailer, it's certainly putting like streets and cars at the center of things. And that kind of rules out. I think a lot of people's dream cities and I'm not talking about like the politics of car culture necessarily, but like if you want to create like, thriving old world downtowns right where like they aren't even like built up for cars and like they're 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 fundamentally pedestrian uh and like you know trolley or trans like transit spaces nothing in that trailer said we're going to support that you know again it's a it's a rendered trailer it's basically cinematic so maybe they're just showing what's going to get people fired up they're showing off like improvements in uh you know engine and, and graphics but that's that's one thing that leaped out at me was that the thread with a lot of their expansions has been, we understand like you want to see us support different approaches to laying out a city and having people move within it. And here this trailer was like, and now we're getting back to basics, highway <laughs> ramps. Uh, I don't know. I guess the, you know, for me, like the the thing that probably raised my eyebrows the most was um, and we'll find out more soon, but like life by you. Yeah, it's like their Sims competitor, right? Um, at least that's how it's, it's been described. Now, you me. know, I like competition. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way things get better, Rob. Yeah, but boy, but this is you're going up against it is such an entrenched incumbent in this space with like infinite expansions supporting like a a ton of different uh they just they they keep and they just keep you know my my uh way of discovering whether 
how does the Sims community feel is, uh, <laughs> you know, how does, how does Emily Lipstein at motherboard feel about the Sims? Uh, <laughs> uh, both Emily and, and, uh, Gita Jackson, both big, big Sims heads. And it was like a new expansion. We get like a link. We get posted in Slack and like, what do they think of it? Like, I know that Emily was like losing her mind over like, I think it was like a baby focused, like, I don't know, like a fam or a family focused. I don't know. Like, but the Sims seems like it's in a good place. Yeah. They added real babies um, that did baby yes. things. Unlike yes. the it was old like a big babies. deal, like a long, yeah, long yeah. requested uh, feature by the the community. Um, and uh, so I don't know that that is a tough one. <laughs> I mean, babies certainly- used to act essentially like little sim eggs. They just kind of sat mm. there, and then eventually a f- child sim would pop out that would actually act like a child and be simulated. <laughs> but now, gotta tell yeah. you, that's not how it works in real life. <laughs> We're not simming anything there, the Sims. So you're getting closer to yeah. what's what's going on. It's yeah, because the question is: Is the Sims a genre or is it a game that exists on it? You know what I mean? Like sometimes games exist. You know, we just talked about well, long right? Like mm-hmm. Souls likes felt like oh, these are games from makes, but it turns out oh, they kind of invented a space that other studios um, can play in and experiment. Like, is the Sims that, or is the Sims, the Sims and what's the point? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a good, I don't have a good answer there. And paradox is an interesting studio to try and like, I know they're bigger than they've ever been, but like they're not EA. Well, so <laughs> some of this comes down to like the, you always have the big question with paradox of there's, there's, there's Paradox Development Studio, which is the the core studio in Stockholm. And then there's always been like Paradox the Publisher. And for a long time, they had a really checkered past in terms of like publishing stuff from other developers outside Paradox. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Patrick, you've talked about that. Uh, what the, the deep silver uh, like vibe mm-hmm. uh, magic like Paradoxes was even more like, ooh, we could be making some mistakes here. <laughs> and I think they've tried to they've tried to shore that up. And as part of that strategy shift, I think they also work through a lot more like Paradox subsidiary studios now that are. Um, so, I, yeah, OK, so I didn't realize this Paradox Tectonic. Um, and this is actually a studio, one of Paradox's internal studios. And it's it was founded by Rod Humble, who, you know, creator, you know, like, you know, lead designer on The Sims Second Life. So, OK, that is yeah. that certainly moves the needle a little bit in terms of. Will, will this be able to, you know, take out the Sims? No. Right. Could it be fundamentally interesting and uh, like worth checking out? Okay. Like now I'm like more interested than I was before knowing the actual talent that is working on this as opposed to Paradox just saying, we're going to make a Sims like. It's like, okay, right. why? But then Rod <laughs> Humble doing is like, okay, well. And you got to believe yeah, like, sure. you got to believe like a Humble would like understand like you're going to have to, you would go into the space like knowing you have to do something different. Uh, mm-hmm. There's going to be a different emphasis. Um, speaking of things being a little different and sort of mech shaped, um, I guess uh, Paradox is is hopping on the auto battler craze uh, a couple years a couple years late, but it's a it's it's a it's a mech auto battler uh, mechabellum. Uh, I, I, like missed, mechs. I missed this. Excuse Wait, what? what? Is, sorry, what? Sorry, mechabellum. Mechabellum search. Like an, yeah. like Antibell? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 Mech War. Mech uh, War. And yeah. It does look pretty cool. Like if yeah. you just like the idea of um I don't know, the, the vibe it gives to me is 
if you if you if, if you love like looking through Games Workshop catalogs and just imagining mm-hmm. like man, imagine if I had took the time to paint all that shit yeah. and like lay it out on the board in beautiful serried ranks and then just pushed it all into the other army and like all <laughs> hell broke loose. That'd be really fun. This seems like that game. Oh, uh, we so should. It, yeah, that, that looks fun. It does. Look, it does look neat. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, you know I'm, I'm curious what. They're doing with the auto battler uh, sort should, of template at this at this point. We should we should all apply for the closed beta for this. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, Absolutely. Let's, let's, see, let's see if we can get in this because this is this is neat. <laughs> I want to I wanna... put on your media mustache. I'm. Mm, I am not a video game reporter. Let me into your closed beta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess things were not going to play for a little while. Uh, Patrick Starfield, we got a date. But not necessarily the date we were told before. <laughs> yeah, when it when it was delayed out of last holiday, uh, essentially, uh, they, I don't know. They were they kind of committed to a win. They said er, like it was like early ish twenty twenty three. I don't know, but like it seemed like pre summer. And then the more we went on with zero details about the game, once we got a date for Redfall in in May, a game that uh, we get the, the influencers have been talking about an event. Maybe we will have someone at an event that can finally tell us oh, what shit. Redfall is. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, that's an answer we we can have in the near future. But, but like once that game was coming out in uh, May, it's like I mean, Starfall. They were gonna they were gonna wait. And frankly, I it's the kind of game that, as messy as Microsoft's first party publishing has been in the past decade, like this game specifically. Like I want to be good. I want it. Like I did not like Fallout Four at all but fault three new vegas like skyrim like those are some all-time favorites of mine i I want starfield to be good and so the longer it has to kind of bake the more excited i am uh for for that um i think i think it was like as jason schreier said on twitter is like it's not like it'll be bug free but maybe the bugs will be more interesting um and that's what the polish phase of a bethesda open world (laughs) game is uh in the closing uh kind of segments of development and so yeah i think september 6th is the date uh june 11th we'll get a what they're calling kind of a starfield direct a really in-depth look at uh what that game is if you watch the kind of delay slash date announcement trailer there is like a little bit of footage in the background i know that when i saw that uh the final kind of reveal trailer we saw some gameplay you know still didn't see very much but i do know that the combat made me go hmm and i don't know that's something that can Mm -hmm. be overhauled in a year and a half but if there was anything that I was hoping to look better by the time that game dropped, like I don't need it to play, you know, like Destiny. But what I saw was closer to Fallout Three and Four, and right. I'm sort of I, I need that to be a little better. Um, uh, hopefully, so no faith. So yeah, September sixth. My guess is they hit that date. I'm, I think that is pretty much in stone at this point. Okay, so let's dip into the question bucket real quick here before we call it a day. Uh, remember, you can send us all your questions at gamingadvice.com with the subject line questions. Uh, let's see. I think, Patrick, this is one left over uh, that you didn't get to on the previous show. Greetings mm-hmm. from Brazil Waypointers. After last week's question about stream viewing habits, I became curious about a similar topic with long stream segments like Daddy's Day Off and the Waypoints 101, where the team plays the same game over weeks, sometimes months. How do you all deal with being burned out on a specific game that you need to finish for stream? Thanks uh, for all the ama- the years of amazing content and always FCGH. Uh, Talo, he, him. So I think, you know, I've done this a bit less than you have Patrick, but like my feeling is in some ways it's actually easier. Like the, the stream kind of is the cure to the burnout. 
that mm-hmm. it's like it's way easier to sort of have the sociability of a stream uh, sort of see you through the end of a game that could otherwise be a bit of a grind or a slog uh, than it is to sort of be dealing with that yourself. Uh, so I, in, in some ways, like, yes, the streams can be streaming can be tiring and like doing a lot of streams can be tiring. But I think like that's more the fatigue of performance, but it is different than the sort of like waning of interest or the struggle to maintain interest uh, that can crop up with the tail end of a longer game. Yeah, I, mean, I think we I think we saw that like kind of in real time with the the Dead Space stream, which we pitched as uh, like, hey, I think maybe this segment has kind of gotten to the end. You know, it was a, a fun gimmick, uh, and then like as we rolled on to you know hour six, and I'm we're back in, finally baby. closing down. We're like, I think we're doing this again. <laughs> I think we're gonna beat this game. Uh... Um, and 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 yeah, I, I'm with you. Like the social slash performance layer is actually you know that's why I pitched like the Daddy's Day Off stuff was like I'm just not gonna play Elden Ring all the way through left to my own devices. Um, and that is a, bo- a function of free time, but also just a function of, you know, exactly what this is kind of scratching at. It's mm-hmm. like getting through a long game and what comes, what comes with that and being able to do that with not like an, you know, it is an audience. Cause that is definitely the relationship that we all have with it, but just, I don't know, other people. It's the closest I get to like doing it on a couch with somebody else. Yeah. Um, like doing that with the waypoint audience is like that fundamentally makes the aspect of playing the game just if not it does make it frequently more interesting but on a very base level it just makes it different and th- that uh that often helps me you know kind of continue continue forth into to to a game and we don't we don't do a ton of let's play equivalent so sometimes yeah. this doesn't always uh come up in the in the same way like daddy's day off is kind of specific in that regard where i'm trying to play and finish a game on stream, but um, I mean, like, there's a way of broadening this, which is, you know, when we do long streams, like Ren, I, I'm curious, you doing this job is the first time that you would be, you know, like doing like multi day like streams where like you're joining us on on the couch and like having to quote unquote be on for you know eight, ten, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes twelve hours at a time. Like, how how have you personally managed that kind of like performance load? Uh, over the course of a stream. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a lot. Uh, the one thing I'll note is that like, I have sleep attacks and like, so I kind of have a built in energy limit for like, I have a high of a hard cap on how much <laughs> energy I can spend before I have a sleep attack and have to like go lay down for like 10 or 15 minutes. Um, which usually happens when we're, when we're doing lunch. Uh, I think like pretty much every single stream we've done since the beginning, every time we go to lunch, I like lay down for like 10 or 15 minutes. Cause I just like, I, I can't keep going. Um, but I mean, I, there is a, there is a, like a momentum to it, you know, like once, once, once we're, once we're in it, oh, and we're in it, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go for like, uh, a, you know, a pretty, a pretty significant period of time, especially when we're in person, that makes it a lot easier. Uh, cause like I can bounce off of people or if I'm having a sleep attack, I can be like, okay, cool. I can trust that like Rob, Natalie, uh, and Patrick are going to be able to carry for like five minutes if I'm like a little bit do- a little bit dazed for a second there. But in terms of just like overall energy load, I mean, like I will say that like this job has been a in so many ways like a really major adjustment when it comes to like performance and uh, like energy levels, um, kind of across the board. 
because uh, I've it's it is yeah the to I have I have been on before right like I back in when I was at Fanbyte right I I did stream there I did podcast there but the consistency is something uh, totally different and like has been a really long adjustment period that honestly I'm still figuring out um, along with like so many other aspects of my performance um, which has been like one of the more like interesting and like occasionally difficult parts of this job has been like figuring out what my performance actually looks like while doing it. Right. And like trying to build this on the fly, uh, as opposed to like coming here with like a pretty fully formed, um, like public performance ready. Kato, you're someone that is always behind the boards producing. I assume you like producing, but also as someone from the outside looking in, it's a lot of time where you're like sitting behind a desk, like watching other things happen like mm-hmm. during these like long streams where what are you actively doing? Like during, I don't know, like a six, seven, eight hour stream where like everything's kind of working well. Yeah. Just like the stream is happening. How do you manage your own sort of like personal time and I, I you know, what I mean, you're doing during those periods? You know, a lot of thinking about, what is coming next honestly she's like oh uh this is what the setup is gonna be let me double check that i haven't forgotten something in the setup and this transition will go smoothly and if i've done those checks already you know there'll be just like moments of like paying attention to what's happening so that like if there's a production like if i can bring up text or something or like get a link for someone i can do that sort of thing so it's like you know partially it's also funny because before i came to waypoint i was a fan of waypoint so it was just like i'm watching the stream <laughs> like uh once i've done the setup and gotten it running smoothly i'm watching the streams i used to watch <laughs> Old Cotto appears. yeah exactly so it's kind of like oh yeah but now like i have a direct influence on like if like you know that sort of impulse of like, oh, I know this 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 thing. I can send you a link to this thing you're talking about, which like in chat, like we don't allow links, so like it gets cut off. And it's just like, oh, hey, I'm helping what's happening on the screen happen. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm just actively I'm watching, right? I'm watching for things. I'm listening to the sound, and often also sometimes scanning chat to see if there's too many complaints of certain stuff or like what mm-hmm. have you, but. Now, Kato, you are also uh, one among a number who has a little bit of the ADHD. Uh-huh. And I am curious uh, from like from the standpoint, like, I'm curious if there's a bit of an effect of like the better a job you do, are you kind of punished with less to do during the <laughs> stream? Like, because when I think about like what's most hectic for a producer, that's usually mean means like things are probably a little fucked up. But yeah. also like if things are going really smoothly to me it seems like at that point now it is a question of like can you main, can you remain dialed in on something yeah. that is running pretty smoothly it's the classic problem of um like uh honestly this has become an issue with like uh piloting planes where you know so much of the thing sort of like the plane does fly itself substantially for extended periods that like maintaining crew readiness uh, in the face of things going really smoothly mm-hmm. can be a real challenge because right. suddenly it's like, okay, well for two hours, you just kind of have to watch these monitors and make sure everything stays cool. And I'm curious if that like comes up for you as a, as a stressor. Um, 
Not as much. I feel like the other side of the ADHD thing is also the hyper focus, like the hi- mm. the, the hyper focus, and like I can I can find myself hyper like doing the hyper focus thing in the producer's chair, of just like, like second to second, I'm watching the little bounce on the fucking voice meter and being like, shit, did someone just clip? Beautiful. Great. I can I can adjust that like one percent down. Oh, people. It, now, now they're a little soft. I'll just that one percent, like right. I'm, I've, I've, I've luckily. So had to the, us, like, it looks like <laughs> it looks like the stream is like all chill. Like Kato doesn't have shit to do. But in Kato's head, it's that like video of like the two oil workers, rig workers, uh, like throwing gears and yeah. like drill bits and getting covered in the slime. Um, and like sometimes, uh, it does happen that the the tension wavers from that being that dialed into specific like like the the being that sp- like specifically honed in on a single detail to like a different detail where like then something slips by on like oh there was a little bit uh too loud audio but like for the most part it's not it's not a sort of wavering on the whole project it's a wavering on what detail i'm most focused on at any one moment you know that sort of thing it's like my hyper focus is just shifting from 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 small thing to small thing and hopefully it doesn't shift at the wrong time for the thing right. I'm supposed to be paying attention to. But yeah. Uh, hopefully the power will continue to use itself for good. For good. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um uh, but yeah, for the most part I feel like like, you know, part of the reason I was ever interested in, in Waypoint is that the Everyone who has been here, past and present, are entertaining, right? Like, I think we're all a good crew that puts on a good show. And so, like, just watching that is, like, fine in and of itself as far as, like, any sort of boredom would, like, ever set in. But I don't know. I like I like, I like, like what we do. We do good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So this is this, this question is near and dear to my heart. Uh, and I'm just curious what the spread is on this. A friend and I walked 30 minutes in the cold to one of our favorite taco places last night because public transit was down. What's the furthest you have would trek for a specific food craving? The tacos were great, by the way. Huh. Mm. The furthest. Well, the furthest, furthest in what way, too, is like literal mileage, but I can get there hey, on let's like go a time. train. Let's go time. Like longest amount time. of time. Okay. Uh, additional questions uh, just so I, kn- <laughs> I know what we're doing in the space are we talking like it's a specific craving or like you want to go to a specific like there are places that i would go to that i would be like yeah i'd walk 30 minutes there to like go to this restaurant with a with a person you know yeah, what i mean no, i think it's, i think it's got to be a specific like it can't be i have a craving for ramen what's the nearest ramen shop it's got to be i have a craving for this ramen right this specific place and I, I think like, this is like let's let's rule. You're walking, like, and oh, you're walking yeah. back. Yeah, but you are right. not like you're not take you're not like it is not an hour twenty twenty of like walking. And sorry, that's my that's my answer. Hour twenty is for me <laughs> the uh, I'm each willing way? to do it total yes. or yeah. each okay. ways each way. So you're talking about Rob. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> you're wrong. saying that you would do two hours and forty minutes of walking. What's what's that about one square? Uh, that's like. Wait, five did you or do? Did squares. you do this, or you you're just making this arbitrary? For what? Uh, it has happened more than once. Like this is <laughs> for the same like, food. I have walked this far for coffee. 
Damn. Uh, I have walked this far for a farmer's market. I have walked this far for um, like burritos. Uh, an, yeah. <laughs> an hour 20 for coffee? Yeah. In, the, in these instances. Really good are coffee. You, <laughs> did you not have other options or you wanted to walk? Uh, sometimes I wanted to walk, but sometimes, no, there were no options. This was just how it had to be. Hmm. But I like a good stretch of the legs. Mm-hmm. I'm always saying this yeah. about you. People have actually asked me to stop bringing it up so much. <laughs> Maybe this does explain why some of our mishaps uh, when we've gone it's out a square for, over. for dinner. Is, <laughs> is it's it's right over what's here. A cor- what's a corner? <laughs> Lowercase c, capital C. Listen, I, well, I, corner. I, I do love a little walk. I love a little walk. Yeah. As as much as anyone else, but I think like when it comes to like a particular food, I want thirty minutes. There is there is like thirty minutes is where I is where I cap out. Um, I would I would walk thirty minutes to my favorite Moroccan place in the neighborhood. I do it regular, not regular. Oh no, I do it re- like frequently enough where I'm like, yeah, I I, I do that because like God, it's so good. Cause such a, a falafel sandwich and a hot toddy. Are you kidding me? What a, what a delicious, know. what a delicious treat. <laughs> what a, what a delicious I've always, treat. I've either lived in suburbs or cities. And so there just aren't that many instances where I've had, like the closest I can think of, like, and this doesn't, I didn't do this because I wanted to. It was like, I walked to the mall from the high school and like, yeah, that was a solid 25, 30 minutes to get Sabaro pizza and to like <laughs> get out of school for a little while. I wasn't there to be like, well, now I'm in heaven. Uh, time, time to feast. It was Let's like, say, hopefully I'll make, hopefully I'll make it back for physics, but you know, maybe I won't. Um, and, uh, like that's, that's what we went to get, to get food. Otherwise it's like in cities I got, you know, I could usually get most of what I wanted from public transit or nearby walking, but not, I'm not sure I've ever done the, well, the 30, the 30 minute walk. I, I consider nearby walking 30 minutes. Like, like, I guess. like 15 the rest is near. I think 15 is nearby. Yeah. 30 is no longer nearby. 30 is the, now you're, yeah, you're on a trek. That <laughs> yeah, you're go, still you're in going my neighborhood. somewhere. No, huh? that restaurant's still in my neighborhood. 30 minutes of walking? Yes. Nah, you're a neighborhood yes, over is. now. It might no, be I'm a neighborhood not. in terms of like how the city created the boundaries. Yeah. But, but I don't think that is in the neighborhood. <laughs> like, when you're like, when you're sitting around with, with a pal and you're like, Really go for this. Oh, I know this great place. Well, then you should you should hang out with Rob because you, if that is your definition definition of measurement is like, well, let's just oh, it's it's just out like it's really close. It's in the neighborhood. Cool. Hey, so we've been like walking for about 20, 25 minutes. Like, are we almost there? Like, yeah, no, no, it's in the neighborhood. Just like seven more blocks. Like, <laughs> what not, are you yeah, talking about? That is not the na- 15 that, minute yes, radius of walking is the neighborhood. No, that not is not, not sure. the That is a crock of shit. Nah. That is a crock of shit. You can call it whatever you'd like, but like, it's not in the neighborhood. Yeah, there are, I've lived in uh on the border of Crown Heights and Prospect Heights for 8 years now and there the neighborhood is not Crown Heights. That is the distinction the city has put on like what this area is called, but there are multiple neighborhoods within Crown Heights and they're all about 15 minutes apart from each other. <laughs> like it's almost like clockwork. This is like the amount of space that people are willing to walk to get to the next commercial area that they're going to frequent seems to be about 15 minutes on foot. That's, hmm. it's just like, there's like an avenue, then like a bunch of blocks of like just residents. And then another avenue of just like commercial, commercial stuff. And it's like, 
there'll be mm, things that overlap where it's like you only need to go to one of these two places and they're both 15 minutes away from the center. I, I, the only reason I'm pushing back on this is because I'm, I'm not to get into the fucking geography of our particular neighborhoods in New York City, <laughs> I mean, however. You, Actually, fuck it. Welcome to yeah. Renata and Cotto's New York Minute. Get fucked, Hey, I'm talking here. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So, um, I think that like Wilson, like I, I live in, I live in Bushwick and so like Wilson, uh, Knickerbocker, Irving, and Wyckoff uh-huh. are all like business avenues they are they are all like they are all business avenues not like um sure (laughs) and like that's that i can which is to say that like i i consider those that because like okay if we're talking about like if you're telling me i'm going all the way to like the edge of ridgewood then yes that is a different neighborhood but like if i can if this I'm is the walking, thing, like, the like, if you like, look up on Google Maps where the edges of Bushwick are. That yeah. is not a single neighborhood to me. There's mm, like, there's right. like that's, the that's fucking, kind of thing. It's like there's yeah. the there's the larger like neighborhood as like section of borough. <laughs> yeah, and then there's neighborhood like immediate the places that you're actually regularly yeah. going to, like almost every every day or every other day. If you don't right. leave I your think house like that 30 often, thirty minute walk, you're crossing multiple like neighborhoods by that definition. Yeah, um, mm, yeah, that's. that's yeah i also to be fair i also am surrounded by people who walk a lot like like when i went out like with my with my girlfriend it's like oh yeah it's just it's just around the corner and that is a 20 minute walk like it is it is exclusively like 40 to 50 minutes is where is where walks cap out in terms of like how far people are willing to go uh including like when it's like relatively chilly out um and so i i guess you know this is a fair point my perspective has become skewed i um I wouldn't, I think, regularly do this. Like, I think my limit is around 30 minutes. But I did once walk an hour for dim sum because I was with a friend who didn't want to take the subway during the pandemic, which was like, fair, don't go into the crowd. So we walked an hour from Brooklyn to Chinatown. And that dim sum was fucking delicious. It was worth it. I don't think I would reg- ever actually do it of my own volition without somebody else being there to like, yeah, come on, let's do this. It'll be a nice walk. And then I'll be like, yeah, sure. But like me, myself, 30 minute radius, that's that's going to get me good. That's probably it. I feel like I've walked 30 minutes for, for food before. Because, yeah, it's like I always you were walking back. It's 30. It's you're taking an hour of travel time and like an hour on foot. That's a lot of it's a lot of time on foot. Did fucking two hours for fucking my legs alone. Real good Chinatown dim sum. It was really great. Yeah, I mean that's like that for me is uh, definitely that's like it's got to be really special. It, but there mm. there have been moments where it's like transit either doesn't run out to this place or the transit options are truly like yeah. just a nightmare gauntlet of transfers with lots of possibilities for <laughs> missed trains and buses that will like leave you stranded at which point i'll just be like hey you know the whole night's going to be a little experience built around these delicious burritos or mm-hmm. whatever and uh yeah like that's but, so but that's me and sometimes this does this does backfire on people <laughs> who are hanging out with me I think that's fine. I think now we know. I yeah. think we can be prepared, prepared. Now expectations are set. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All I'm, right. I'm, and I'm with those expectations, 
properly calibrated. That is a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. If you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at Waypoint, Facebook and YouTube uh, at Waypoint Vice. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Kato, where can people follow you? You can follow me on twitch.tv slash waypoint. Go there right now and we're probably still rating. Does it matter when you started listening to this episode? No, it doesn't. We're probably still rating. <laughs> but I'm on Twitter at a underscore Kato underscore a underscore Kato underscore. What did, did I say that twice? A underscore Kato underscore appears. I think we actually got that three times, Kato. <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at A underscore Cotto underscore appears. You can also follow me on Twitter at A underscore Cotto underscore appears. Oh, shit. Perfect. Uh, you can also check out we published uh, at A underscore Cotto <laughs> underscore appears. Uh, and thanks to Waypoint Plus, we've been able to have a bunch of fun streams lately. Uh, Patrick and I uh, returned to the Ishimura for what was supposed to be our Dead Space finale, but no, no, we're no. we're all in. We we love we love us the Dead Space. We got four more chapters to go, and we're gonna see this. Valor through. just It'll... showed up, and I'm sure things are gonna be good. Uh, oh, it's gonna God, be yeah, a good time s- there. Such a good sequence in the game. Uh, yeah, well, well, we, you know, I don't know if we're committing to doing that next week about some of the things we want to uh, try out. But no, we'll, we got to wait I, for my boondoggle monitor to show up. Yes. Um, yeah. The, the amount of setup that Rob has to do for that, I think I think that's that's a good marker. We should bring it back when your setup is uh, more normal uh, because that was a huge <laughs> pain of the butt for you to, to get together. So we'll we will revisit and we will finish uh, Dead Space uh, sometime in the in the nearest future for sure. Uh, and of course, yes, you can go to twitch.tv slash waypoint and, uh, watch, watch Kato set that, set that PB, uh, for, <laughs> for the new, for the new raid. Uh, and Hey, this week, uh, waypoint plus listeners have also been, have been able to hear us talking about the lighthouse, uh, which was a fascinating experience and a really great discussion. Uh, and we did a deep dive on the, how inevitable was the ultimate like conflict and and uh, disaster befalling the two weirdos? How inevitable was that versus how much of it was contingent on circumstance? Uh, so that was that that was a major thrust of the of the conversation. Uh, and if that sounds good, or if you just want more Waypoint, you can go to waypointplus.com and subscribe. Not only do you get access to our premium feed, but you're also helping support Waypoint and everything else we do here. And if you want to show not just support, but zeal, go to waypointgeneralstore.com to buy some of our fine Waypoint merch. Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. For now, we are calling time on this week. We will talk to you again next week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home or in Kato's case, go on vacation. (laughs) Well, go move. Yeah, vacation's kind of a, yeah. It wasn't supposed to happen this way. I thought, surely we'll have moved by March. I will simply use my vacation yep. days and as close as God, I can to my, that fucking I, deadline. I, these five days, I was like, these five days are me to enjoy my new office. And so it was, <laughs> these are five days are to sort of half move into your half finished office. Yeah. Uh, and mostly like sit quietly and uh, try to recover from the, uh, fr- from the agony of, yep. of construction. But either way. Yep. Uh, you know, fuck capitalism, go home, go on break. 
do whatever do whatever it is you need to do. Go lay down. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's in that bagel? It was a safe space for her to start eating because we were talking about <laughs> destiny for 15 minutes. <laughs> you can keep eating after. I mean, you don't have to. We, you can answer this question later. It's fine. We can <laughs> mm-hmm. Think about it. Ruminate on the flavors, the flavor profile in your mouth. American and Pepper Jack. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>